0: Welcome to the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast about Transformers and all kinds of other toys as well. We've got a bit of a special one for you tonight. We've actually got a special guest on for the first time ever, which is pretty exciting as far as we're concerned. Uh, I am 6 as ever, but with me are my regular hosts. First up, we've got Maz from Transformers Square One. All right. How you doing? All right. excellent man of so many words (laughs) enthusiasm off the charts there as ever that's fantastic uh we've also got liam from toybox soapbox how are you doing liam what ho i'm very good thank you what did you call me (laughs) did you hardly know her Right, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, don't ruin all my material before I've had a chance to drop it. You know, my my funny. It's all bit. right. It's
1: all right. There'll be more on that later, so
0: don't worry. I'm sure there will be. Absolutely. But you didn't say again. No, I didn't. But I did say who I was. So that's uh, that's one leg up on that's episode fifty, weird. isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So tonight, as I say, we have a very special guest, uh, and that is Raz. Say hello, Raz. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Um, very well, thank you very much. So I don't know what to call ourselves now—quadruple, quartet, something or other. I don't know. We've got to come up with a different name for the night. Yeah, now I'm
2: we- uh, I'm moving in for good. That's right. It. I'm going to shoehorn. <laughs> You'd my be way very
0: on. welcome. You'd be very welcome. Hey, listen,
2: I didn't know that I was the inaugural guest. Um, yeah, you yes, are. you are.
0: Well, I well, uh, no pressure then. Indeed, yeah. If people listen to this and they hate it, yeah, we may never have another guest.
2: I'm to blame. Yeah, that's
0: it. <laughs> Right. It's one and no done. pressure. No right. pressure. Yeah, no, no, no. Good, <laughs> so, good, good,
2: good, 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 for, good. For
0: those of you wondering why we've brought someone else on, because you might be listening to this thinking, oh my God, they've brought in a Poochie. Uh, yes. But we haven't. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> there is a reason for it. We're going to talk about prototypes tonight, and Raz is very much the. Fair to say, prototype expert, or would that be? Would you not agree with that, Raz? I don't know.
2: I'm just muddling through, collecting like everyone else. I guess. Um, uh, I think I know.
3: Oh yeah, like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah, what I think you, of when I look you, at your collection.
2: That's just like everyone else, <laughs> as you say, with the twelve shelves behind you that no one else can see stop it. No, I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I try and do, you know, it's just been doing it a while, haven't I? So. How long have you been doing it actually? That's a really good question. I never really stopped. So when I got into the rarities was my friend told me about an issue of Tomat's Action Figure Digest that was in our local comics, uh, comic store in 1996. And in that publication, in that issue were, Pictures of the '96 BotCon, so it was showcasing the Unicron prototype.
4: Yeah.
2: It was showcasing various other prototypes. It 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 had the MC Axis RC kit, and obviously these are things that we could never get as kids. And I was floored, honestly. And um, not only that, but there were lots of uh, advertisements, you know, from Amok Time. And uh, John's Toys and Games, who I believe was Spencer
3: Wilson's,
2: who well, later did Spencer. Ages Three and Up. And yeah, I think so. Well, last from the past. Originally, wow. yeah, originally it was John's Toys and Games, and okay. of course there was f- uh, Final Frontier, Frank, yep. Bang Toys, and all these kind mm. of you know heavy Brian's hitters. Toys maybe as well. Br- Brian's Toys, yeah, Brian's yeah. Toys was another. Um, but yeah, things like uh, Amok Time. Were sort of they had several adverts in there, and they they had all the US toys that we never got in the UK. Um, if you can't tell, my accent is is from from the UK. Yeah, another limey. <laughs> yeah, another limey. Yeah, so whatever I was saying, yeah, uh, uh, Tom Marts Action Figure Digest, uh, 96, and the next year I went to my first convention, which was the very first memorabilia show in Birmingham, which is where I met, you know, other people and, and started seeing some, some rare pieces, and it just sort of went from there, really, and I think the, uh, yeah, the allure of it was having that crown jewel, you know, going, oh, I, want, I want something really special, and I think that's what started it all, really.
0: I mean, I guess to put this into context for people, and we are going to talk about, uh, you know, prototypes in general and kind of pick it, you know, under the skin of kind of what some of this scene is about. Because I think it is a world away from certainly how most people collect transformers fair to say Uh, but to put some context of of who you are raz for for the listeners for people that maybe haven't heard of you or what have you because you're you're not i would say you're not in the transformers community you don't make yourself such a big presence in terms of social media and things like that do you You've, you've not you, you've got a Facebook page, but you're, yeah. you, you know, rare bots. But you're yeah. not sort of out there as like a big brand, you know, and kind of advertising that this is what you do as such, are you? So no,
2: no, it's not. Um, I, I think the people that do that, it's you know, it's a it's a full time job, and more power to them. I just honestly do it as I as I enjoy it. I think any more, and it may become less enjoyable, or it might not. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, you guys were at one point the same i think uh, you know but but you all have your individual pursuits and they're so big and they're so time consuming and it's and to do this as well like uh, hats off to you i i just do it as i enjoy it you know
0: sort of a more normal approach some might say but
2: yeah uh, but what's normal like yeah. you know some people some people absolutely love and i'm one of those people it's, i guess it's a time thing and and uh, trying not to be you know when 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 I have downtime I'm, i i need to I need to try and not be quite so lazy with rarebots because I haven't done a post in a while, and there's
3: there's a lot to, still to show and I think you saw the kind of response that you were getting on rare Bots to the stuff you were posting, and even someone like yeah. me who's kept up with your collection for decades mm-hmm. uh, you still manage to post things that I didn't know you had, and it in it can surprise me, let alone someone who's just just joined your page, doesn't know your collection, maybe hasn't met you before, yeah.
2: Right. And, 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 and I really love that. I love, I love the outpour of people. And it was really surprising, not only new people, but people that I've known for 20 years, you know, going, Oh, I didn't realize you had that. And it's not like I've purposefully not shown it or told them or anything like that. It's just that when, when you put it on a public platform and everyone's eyes are on it at the same time, it, uh, not only garners, conversation but it, it's it attracts people from the outside and everybody's yeah you know sort of talking about it and going well what is that what what why why is that important what what does that mean i used to have that one as a kid but that looks very similar to the one i had why is this you know on a pedestal and why are people sort of gawking over it and then it's fun to kind of explain well actually yeah it is the same one that you had as a kid but this particular one made every single one that has ever been made on the planet and you know it's it's incredible to have those kind of discussions with people and yeah it's been it's been really nice actually so but yeah just i i don't have the the biggest presence online beyond um you know the the sort of groups and stuff so you guys really it's a lot it's a lot isn't it
0: it it can be yeah I i think to be fair though this is one of the reasons why we were so excited to get you on here yeah. and kind of you know share some of that information oh, and, that. and have a chat about it and well, uh... thanks for having me
2: you know I, I said before i've said it in person you know i'm i'm a huge fan of what you guys do and it's uh it's you know don't take my word for it you're, you're you're burgeoning and flourishing and thriving and all the rest and deservedly so so
1: thanks for having me we have to point out here or i do you guys are here for the robots i'm not here for the robots I'm here because Raz follows in the footstep of St. David Jason in voicing one of the greatest fictional characters ever created. Am I wrong, Raz?
2: You're not wrong, um, and it's a blessing to be able to do that. i <laughs> very, very grateful to be the most recent voice of Count Duckula. in yes. Danger Mouse cartoons.
0: This is a Danger Mouse household, i got to tell yeah. you. My little, boy house, is, uh, yeah. my little boy is very much into Danger Mouse. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, we all grew up with Danger Mouse. It's, uh, yeah. no one can do, it, and y- you know, you can ask the cast, like, no one will do ever be able to step into Sir David Jason's shoes. Yeah. I mean, huge shoes to fill. And uh, I
3: think he's still in them. <laughs> the yes, well, yeah. Can't exactly. get them off.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Um, yeah, Xander did, uh, Alexander Armstrong did a, a, a phenomenal job.
1: Is, he, is it him who does Danger Mouse? It is, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I thought so because yeah. that's how they reintroduced Dukk was it? It's in Danger Mouse. It's fantastic. Really, good, yeah. Because really that's good that's reboot. how
2: it started. In in originally, he was he was a character in you know in Danger Mouse. Then he had his his own off show. Um, so yeah, yeah.
1: But you do lots of voices, don't you? That's all I'm here with a Dukkula, but lots of voices. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say it's it's it's
3: Hilda that he's uh, famous for in this house. It's, okay, the roles that you play in Hilda Alpha and Tonto
2: yes. and.
4: Yeah. Well, I could break out some Todd too, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, there's a
3: moment. I'm here for this all episode. (laughs) But, you know, you were just saying um, that obviously you don't have a massive social media presence. But despite that, it's very rare to come across someone who isn't aware of your collecting and isn't aware of not just what you have, because that's one element. We've got the collectors who are known for what they have, and then you've got the collectors who are known for what they do with what they have. And you, you basically cover both of those bases. You're you're in the middle of that Venn diagram because you share what you have, you educate, and um you know, by by having rare bots, I mean, sure you don't update it as much as you want to, but I'd hate to think of that not existing at all. And not just in this current guys, but in the older guys as well, when yeah. it used to be it was a blog originally, I guess.
2: Yeah, it was a website originally, and the website the website went down in like i stopped updating the website in 2003 so i stopped it 20 years ago which is wow it's like it's a bit it's a bit ridiculous then i did a website yeah it is isn't it it's frightening vintage website um but yeah no this this one's here to stay because even though it's not updated regularly it started out as kind of a -a one-a-day thing because i was you know obviously excited about the responses i was getting and talking about things you know with new people and then it sort of slowed down a little bit then it was once in a while and it's not going anywhere it's it's just sort of sporadic um i just need to make an effort
3: well speaking of content and if you want more of it and you just want to age us even faster by making us make more of it Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash triple takeover where you can get early access to episodes. You can have a say in the content that we cover, like commissioning minisodes or voting in polls. You can even sign up as our highest tier, which is Goldbox Classics, where you get extra miniseries, you get the minisodes, so you get weekly exclusive content, and you can have access to our Discord server from multiple tiers. So check out our Patreon and see all the perks that you can get there as well. Sounds pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the old Discord's pretty good. Uh we also do have a sponsor for the evening that is TFsource.com. So you can check them out for all your transformers and third party needs as ever. And if you want even more,
1: more triple takeover, another place you can go. And before <coughs> Maz corrects me and tells me what we don't have for sale, this week I had a look. And you can get a classic t shirt. You can get three quarter length baseball style t shirts with all your favorite triple takeover stuff on there. Like that, um, G2 Throttlebot guy. Talks yeah, name Racket seven. Guys. What? Seven G2 Throttlebots. <laughs> <laughs> <you>, yeah. Crockett. Borth. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy. The Sergeant from Army Vice. Um, yeah. All of those good things. You can find all that cool stuff over at rebel.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore.
0: He's definitely reading it. I saw it then. He was looking at it. a posted it above his monitor.
2: 100%. I want a long t shirt. And I know I want never gets, but.
3: Fingers crossed. One more thing, I wanted to uh, to ask you, Ras, before we get into the main meat of it. Um, yeah. Is it just Transformers prototypes that you collect and specialise in? It is. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a bit more integral
2: than you realise when you come to sort of like jargon with with prototypes. Um, is that yes? I only collect Transformers. I do, I do have a little penchant for, and this is sort of deep diving for Metal Gear Solid trading cards, which came yes. Yes, in 1998 from Konami. Uh-huh. You got four acetate cards in a pack. I haven't bought any in about 15 years because they're impossible to find. But in the day, I was a huge proponent of like trading cards, Marvel cards, all that. But no, I, 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 uh, for all my life, I have always and only collected Transformers.
0: Well, it's probably worth kind of going back to the beginning a little bit then. I mean, uh, firstly, yeah, d- I mean, to kind of set the scene, or I know we've kind of introduced you a little bit, but again, yeah. for people that don't know you, so obviously you've got now a huge collection of rarities, prototypes... Test shots just kind of the whole works really isn't it and and I think it's fair to say yeah. I think we have talked about you on this podcast before, and kind of maybe not you have, necessarily times yeah. yeah yeah we've we've referenced you a few times i think and and you know your collection and obviously the fact of you know like the unicron prototype and things like this, and yeah, which is kind of you know the obvious one isn't it but there's there's much you know many many more things besides, and I will never forget you showing me a little video of your collection at t f nation uh yeah. last year and just honestly nearly falling off my chair i think i'd nearly dropped my beer because it was <laughs> just you know when you see someone's collection and you think wow that's it's like a lot of g1 or it's you know that's pretty comprehensive or whatever and it was like that but realizing that it's all prototypes and yeah. it's you know it, it's sort of what most people would amass as a sort of standard collection if you like but but it's all rare stuff and i think yeah. that was what really sort of struck me about it so i mean i guess we're going to get to all of that but it might just be interesting to kind of go back you know obviously you grew up with transformers and whatever else
2: yeah i mean if we're going back that far it was i i was always a transformers guy my grandfather bought me my very first transformer uh, i should tell people that not necessarily everyone but i would say i'm younger than the majority of <laughs> of kind of tf fans out there so i was born in 1985 um, oh, I'm, like,
1: I'm no longer the youngest person on this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I had my very first Transformer when I was two, uh, which was bought by my grandfather. And it was a wide load. I still have the wide load. No, I um, but in the UK, as, as you guys know, that, that people uh, listening might not necessarily know is that we, uh, not just for Transformers, but for many other toy lines, had old stock in stores for years. Hmm. I mean this is this obviously not a Transformers reference but an X-Men figure by the name of Gambit and a Spider-Man figure by the name of Smythe was found in the droves and they were made in 94 you could buy them well up until like 2011 in stores so it was that it was very much of that vibe so while I am you know sort of five years out of what most people are that is all I know right so from two it would be whatever you know my parents could find in in stores and um living sort of in the midlands you know it wasn't it wasn't the london of it all where things might necessarily sell out immediately you know there was no hamley's which which is what maz uh had as a child uh, you know toys along us along a, toys well, us yeah, argos. A, a, along along with other stuff but we we didn't sort of have that we had toys R us we had argos we had toy master okay. we had uh you know bt's yeah we god yeah bt's yeah absolutely bt's my i think my whatsapp picture mazzy i think my whatsapp picture is the local bt's from amazing me. like yeah so we had we had all these kinds of had all these kinds of stuff so it never really stopped then there were car boot sales and yeah uh, and in denmark which i'm half danish my my mom's danish uh we would go there and yeah yeah bt's there you go <laughs> And so um, there was this uh, secondhand shop and I remember being five years old in 1990 and you look at the catalogs and and this is really the start of the pre-production prototype thing is you look at the catalogs and you see what's available in stores, but it looks different. And it's like, well, why, why doesn't the one that I can get look yeah. like the one in the catalog or the one in the cartoon? And, and that's really the fascination and, and, and where it all started. But Cosmos was a big thing for me. Two, two very, three very, very huge things. Amiga Supreme, the cassettes, any cassette, and Cosmos. Really, and I was on my grandfather's uh, Danish grandfather's Morfar's shoulders, and walking past just a window, and it looked like someone's house, but it was a secondhand shop. And there's a Cosmos, right? And I lose my mind. It was an MB Cosmos as well, wasn't it? (laughs) It might, it might have been, yeah. You know, (laughs) so so you know, uh, my mom swapped some um, some some of my grandma's dinner plates and did like a part exchange to get all these Transformers. And it just honestly it never stopped, my my fascination with with it. Uh the rarities came when Tomarts, you know, the ninety six yeah, issue yeah. that I said. And going to shows, you know, in 97, hmm. I was, um, I was at secondary school and I was currently looking for some rare X-Men cards and a buddy of mine said, oh, you might want to check out this show in, uh, in, at the NEC in Birmingham. It's called Memorabilia. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? I'll check it out. Um, no, they won't have any Transformers there. Surely not. And they did. And I, my mind was blown. I'd seen lots of, uh, lots of things I'd never seen before. I should say in the interim that, 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 uh, home Arts catalog i was very fortunate in um you know my my christmas wish list was vintage g1 from amok time toys and you know in 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 that sort of year gap christmas and birthday sort of amiga supreme megatron things i'd never been able to get before but um, memorabilia was 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 another huge event and yeah i was able to see and and get stuff that i'd never been able to get before and it just kind of went from there then then a company called whiz toys Held some auctions from sort of n- late ninety eight to two thousand and three, really, and I, I, you know, I couldn't afford a lot. I wasn't working well in in the latter part. I was, but not 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 immediately. So I couldn't afford everything. So I got what I could, and you know, tried to claw it back from the collectors that that won the auctions initially.
3: What was your first um, prototype? Actually, what was the very first one you got?
2: My first prototype was from uh, a Bank Toys auction in. I think it was 98 or 99, and it was a G2 Scavenger. And it was the uh, sort of milk-colored, almost-looked glow-in-the-dark GT Scavenger. So he had like three of those, so two of them sold, the first one higher than the second. and, And I managed to get one for what was really afford it, it was like a hundred bucks or something like that like it wasn't much it might have been even less than that
0: was that sort of stuff just less desirable at that point then I guess maybe with not not as much time having passed or
2: funnily, funnily enough the, the desirability of these things has never changed mm. you have for the people that know because there are a lot of new collectors out there and the new collectors go for the Optimus Prime and the Megatron because that's what they had as a kid and now they're getting back, back into it whereas we started doing that from jump street almost and then we got the knowledge of diaclone and Microchange and uh you know mb and and juistra and all that kind of stuff and then prototypes and there was a very strong competitive community even then as much as it is now just with the same number of people
3: it was really influential as well like i went into that community as just filling the gaps that my parents were never willing to like get me a Devastator or a Jetfire. And within yeah. the space of two or three months, I'd abandoned those wants lists.
2: In in lieu of something rare right. and like. That I didn't know about you know, like yeah, a year exactly. before. Yeah. I tell you something, I tell you in a, like one of the most incredible first time experiences for me as, as I'm going to say an adult collector, even though I wasn't, but like, you know, there's that sort of transition from I had it as a kid to well, I'm yeah, you're now, buying your own stuff, basically. I'm now well, not even that, but yes, it is that. But you can save up for it and do, you know do this or, or hmm. ask for it for Christmas or whatever, because the prices then were you know, negligible. But the uh, the first time I bought a uh, a clone was from Italy, and it was in it was in the late 90s, and it was a Spheric Leo. Oh yeah. It's one of those golden balls. Yeah, one I was going to say. Of yeah, yeah. That one of the golden balls that transforms into a lion. Maz's
0: golden balls.
2: <laughs> Maz's golden
0: balls. I'm going to take that audio and reuse that, I think, every time. Oh, uh, you the can have that. That's a yeah, gift. Yeah, yeah. If that's okay. That yeah, it's like freaky. one of those, pew, 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 things <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right. Maz's golden swells. balls. We'll just splice that in every time. Happy birthday.
2: Um, <laughs> and, it, and this was the first time. It was case fresh. It was 35 well it was 35 pounds in lira um, <laughs> wow yeah and uh, it was case fresh i opened the seal there there was tape in it i do remember that and it was it was like a brand new it was completely alien to anything that i had experienced that you had experienced that anyone in the uk or the us unless you sort of went abroad as a kid or or, or were sort of perhaps half italian or half japanese or whatever if if you know you it was the first time i'd experienced that and the transformation and it just oh i was in love instantly it absolutely 100 percent, in love and then from there you get into the the packaging variations and and you know anyone that's listening to this knows that it's it's a rabbit hole
3: yeah it very quickly goes from recreating experiences to exploring new ones yeah,
2: and I think it does that with anything, though, if you think about it. But this, this, because we grew up in the golden era. I'm absolutely convinced that we grew up in the golden era of 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 this kind of
3: thing. Of, of do you mean as kids popcorn, uh, for yeah. the toys that we got as kids, or do you mean uh, as for the collectors? toys as kids? For the
2: for no, well, well, it, it has it has a, a knock on effect, doesn't it? I mean, we we will find out what it's like to to be, you know, an Armada kid, for example. I, I think I think we're touching upon that now
0: oh yeah i think makes me want to be sick in my mouth but (laughs) you know
2: it's but yeah no i do think we had the golden age of the golden era of all of that you
0: know do you think that maybe a big part of that was also not just the toys and you know the the 80s toy lines and everything but that also when the when the internet came into play with all of it yeah
2: yeah yeah for sure i mean we we all say this you know the negative aspects of it all like I, i i don't like but when when we were just discovering certain websites yeah like i remember john kierstead and oh yeah you know his website was just like oh my goodness and he had a, he he was the first one or one of two of the first people to have a g2 defense or and he found it on ebay in like 90 like the week ebay opened or something i'm i might be paraphrasing we we had spoken about it years ago but it it was it was in the early the fledgling years of ebay and he just found it on there for those listening that don't know, that that is an unreleased GT piece. And, and you know, to see that on the internet for the first time, that grips your interest. It piques your interest. And you're like, what is yeah.
3: that? And where well, can I get that? That's what Sixo was saying about those Beast Wars prototypes when he saw them for the first time on the internet. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it really was. I, I remember it very distinctly. I mean, they're... they're... You know, toys that have all been released now. Yeah. Um, like it was, it was Beast. I remember it distinctly. It was Beast Wars second. Galvatron was the one that really just blew my brain yes. because, yeah. you know, this was at a time where I was into Beast Wars, you know. So you're talking 96 ish. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you had the catalogs, you could see what you could buy on retail shelves and it was there yeah. in Woolworths or whatever. But, uh, you know, the idea that actually, and this is, fledging days of the internet for me but the idea that there was something else that i had never seen in gray prototype form and it just i mean i own that toy now and yet still as much as i do like that toy nothing about it quite recreates the feeling of awe that i had looking at that prototype when i was probably 14 years old just like what is that you know it was incredible
2: and, and you've, you've touched on a really big point about this entire
3: discussion. Well, speaking of exactly that, for anyone who maybe needs the clarification or, or the definition, in, in the case of toys, especially 80s toys or, or 90s toys, what is classified as a prototype? What is a prototype?
2: A prototype is, um, for me, any stage of, of pre-production.
3: So pre-release. Anything that is created before the version that gets released in the
4: shop,
2: yeah. For me, I mean, some people say that the earlier prototypes are prototype You know, it's it's been one of those discussions, but it it it, it just is anything that is pre-production. So before it gets mass released in a shop, for me, that is pre-production. Obviously, if you then say a prototype, this is a handmade yeah. hand, but a first shot then, which has been and i'll explain this in a sec which has been made from a, pr- a plastic mold is a prototype because it's very early on it's you know it all of pre-production slash prototype kind of melds into one
0: is it and, like one of those sort of all test shots are prototypes but not all prototypes are test shots kind of thing
2: well 100 uh, percent because not all prototypes are test shots uh, yeah. um, a, a test shot so I'll give a rough breakdown and I I did touch upon this earlier because I don't collect any other toy line apart from Transformers and I said that that was quite an important thing to remember because I don't frequent any other forums, any other websites and I never have, not Star Wars, G.I. Joe, nothing like that and I know that terminology between collectors is very, very different to Transformers or can be. Also, we've taken things, or some people that pioneered these sayings have taken them from G.I. Joe websites and forums and Star Wars websites and forums and taken them on board with, uh, to Transformers and also when things are discovered and physical paperwork is discovered in the case of everyone would call something a test shot or a fur shot, but in-house they would call it an engineering pilot, an EP. But that's not the colloquial term, but those colloquial terms came from a real place because they were probably colloquially used around the R and D department, you know, a test shot, first shot, you know, a T1, you know, that kind of stuff, which a lot of people don't realize, you know, Optimus Prime says T1 on it. The definition of that T1 is, is the, is a first shot, right? but it might be in a totally different context. So you're dealing with different toy lines. You're dealing with different terminologies between fans, you know, the jargon between fans and and people that used to work at the companies is very different And because it's, it's not always the easiest thing to talk to people that used to work at these companies, or they might not necessarily remember every aspect of it.
3: Yeah, we, we found that with Andy Cousins quite a lot yeah. we, at TF Nation.
2: Yeah, because well, you think about it, you know, it's it's a job to him. It might be a, a passionate job, but he's not going to remember every piece of minute detail that was, uh, whereas he might remember something that someone else doesn't remember that used to work at that company so what i'm trying to say is in a a, a roundabout ways you've got to take everything with a bit of a grain of salt because unless it's written down it didn't happen really if if we're talking about it in sort of factual factual ways so essentially you would start off with a concept drawing an idea turns to pen turns you know get that on paper the other thing to remember what to keep in mind is that each person creating the physical prototype likes to use different materials. So the sculptor might use clay. The sculptor might use, you know, it could be wood. It could be this. Everyone's different. And in speaking with um, one of the former heads of Transformers, every toy could possibly be different.
0: That's interesting already because you often do see this thing where people i think take a little bit of knowledge of some of this stuff and then apply it uniformly right so you know i obviously i see various discussions where people are like oh no it's always a wooden prototype for it, example and that's yeah. right yeah
3: and, and you always think there must be well i need to find the wooden prototype of that character yeah. exactly. it must exist
2: now so and that's that's really that's really really important to note because while that might be the case for certain things it's not Always every step is this is that and regimented and this, that and the other one. I I was speaking to this guy who, uh, you know, I, I won't name. It's not really my place. But he was saying even with licensing with different cars for the vinyl tech for the, you know, trying to get the licensing is approached in a vastly different way. Yeah. You can't approach it as if it's uniformed. I'm coming at you with my toy idea. I want to license your company, but it's so regimented. It it just doesn't work like that.
0: Uh, Yeah, that was really a sense I got of like, I was reading quite a lot about, you know, this is obviously now it's all changed now with Porsche. And, and, you know, we've seen with Rise of the Beast, that that seems to be fairly in the bag. But I was at the time reading a lot and it struck me that a lot of people, when they got Volkswagen, you know, we're like, oh, well, of course they'll get Porsche now as well because of the yeah. link up there and everything. And it was like, well, no, because they're still independent car companies essentially. Yes. There's some ownership and everything. Different but, brands. you know, Yeah. Different brands. D- exactly. And different, different different people brand. involved. Completely and, different people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. So it's, it's not, yeah, nothing about toy production seems to be one size fits all yeah. at all.
2: And it's really not. And I'll go, I'll go one further. I have mentioned G.I. Joe, and I'm, I'm re- this is so reductive, so please don't get angry with me, all the listeners, but it, this is a very reductive term. For all intents and purposes, the majority of Star Wars figures and the majority of G.I. Joe figures share a very similar DNA. Transformers, from an engineering standpoint, has no equal. It has absolutely no equal. Like it, it just doesn't. You, you, you might have a vehicle that can do something and can do this, and you, you obviously the 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 level of design and 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 engineering in GI Joe the vehicles and all this other stuff and Mask is another one. It it really requires such, and I don't know how they did it for those, let alone Transformers. So, well done, hats off. Yeah, <laughs> thank indeed. you to the people that made these things that we're talking about now, but. There is a difference. Transformers are their own entity. It is a car that changes into
3: a robot. I think they've moved beyond cars uh, occasionally too. No, no.
2: So they're cars. <laughs> Pigs. Actually. <laughs> uh, Pigs.
3: You know, yeah. We've said this on the show. We've <laughs> said um, Transformers are unique in that they have to be a convincing alternate mode, whether that's cassette, car, plane, dragon, and then they have to go to a convincing robot mode. Playable typically. robot, yeah. Yeah. It has to look good in those modes, and then the conversion has to be fun as well. It's not just workmanlike. It has to be an enjoyable process. So it's a puzzle, it's a display item, and it's a toy in every sense of a toy. And I don't know any other toy line that had that challenge for every single product. It's
1: the form, isn't it? The form is so different. Like you were saying there about G.I. Joe, the form of those figures, it's very similar throughout. So it's very easy to model a toy line around it. Again, a reductive way of saying it. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But with Transformers, every robot is unique. You know, you get so much of retours, but everyone has to do something completely different and look very different. It's yeah. it's, its own toy. Whereas, like you're saying with Mask, it, they do have this one toy. It's one sort of toy, which I think then fits around and is based around, which sort of brings it to
2: the the one of the first physical stages of a prototype, which is a mock up, and mm. that can that can be in two different arenas: uh, a looks like and a works like. So, a works like prototype is is the mechanics of it, yeah. And it looks like is is what we want to sell to to the customers.
3: So the works like could be a a resin, or it could be a wood. It could be something like that. Yeah, I mean uh,
2: styrene. If you know, you get these sheets, they cut them up, they Mm -hmm. glue them together. It's it Mm -hmm. it is a resin. It's it is you know a resin styrene whatever material you use it's a very early prototype that shows the mechanics the workings of it to to your bosses and potential you know investors etc the looks like is is what you hope that that works like will look like yeah uh you know when you sell it to 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 your main audiences a, a great example of this would be the the 1986 nor um doesn't transform but in both it's 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 a prototype of both modes the robot and a separate prototype of the shark mode. So that's what it will look like in robot mode. Oh, that's what we aim for it to look like, and that's what we aim for it to look like in shark mode. This other prototype that works like is how it will transform. So you have to combine those to make the product.
3: Those are the two that were in the Laserdisc booklet, right? The yes, Nors, yeah. exactly, yeah. Well,
2: um, yeah, in in one of the Laserdiscs. The other ones was were, were slightly early, and I'm not sure if that was the same thing or a different entity entirely then you you know you you get to uh, again this is this is just a basic breakdown then you get to what's known as a hard copy and a hard copy is a very important piece here and i think the most kind of widely known of the very very early prototypes you have sculpts and everything in between but again i'm just sort of breaking it down into the pillars of the of the process here so hard copies are handmade using silicon molds are for all intents and purposes the very first iteration of a fully working toy now obviously these will vary drastically from what actually comes out and we go back to looking at the catalogues products and colors may vary i'm doing quotation marks for anyone <laughs> It's exactly that. You know, you see the gray Astra train. That's why it doesn't look like it. not. It's not just the paint. It's the head. It's the, the details. It looks different because it was worked on after the fact. They need to get that product out there. They need to photograph it. They need to, you know, do all this kind of stuff for promotional materials while the toy is being made. That's why when they come up with, uh, when when they are confronted with, Costing problems, tooling problems, uh, safety problems, that's that's a big issue. You know, it all has to change. If you look at it like a business and a company that's, you know, you send something, you get notes back. Well, I want this done before it gets approved. You have to change this, that and that. And you will literally on, on things, on on the paperwork that comes with either prototypes or artwork, you'll get notes from your superiors or the design superiors, any sort of
3: HODs will put notes on for you to change as a designer. I remember that um, Diaclone smokescreen had the scribbles on it, like the, the actual toy, the production toy. The Diaclone had like, yeah. don't put this here, put an Autobot symbol here, just drawn directly onto,
2: exactly. onto the figure. What else would you do? like If you mm. think about it from a business point of view, the best thing to do is get the toy. Well, this isn't right. I want that sticker moved there. I actually want that changed a bit. I want the paint a slightly different hue. So if you approach it with that mindset, it makes absolutely perfect sense for it to be on the toy and and then the sign-off name will be on it and we go back to Andy Cousins you know his name not not only his but other people's names
0: yeah we were really fascinated to see you know some of his and and people again that were at TF Nation some of you will have seen this you know that some of his drawings and things but also notes that he had about specific toys uh, you know, there was a big thing around the design of like G one Rotor Storm's canopy, and and you know, changing the shape of it. And yeah, his you know handwritten notes saying that he wanted it a different shape here and bits there and whatever. It was really interesting yeah. to see.
2: It is, and I and I can relate to that because I encounter that you know on a daily mm. basis with with instant feedback from a director, but also other people. So then, from these hard copies that transform and and do all all the stuff, and they're made of resin, and it feels like a, a cross between clay and bone and wax. You know, it's heavier; it feels more substantial. Like you're sort of super dense, right? Yeah, it's just it feels it just feels good. You know, I, I think <laughs> a lot of this stuff, not not just not just this, but in anything, in terms of quality, it's all about haptics. I feel if you feel something is is just tangibly more dense as you said mazzy like it's just it's just better it feels better quality it feels like well this is you know and it's no joke because they cost at that point probably about for a small toy in the 80s was over a hundred thousand to do these prototypes including sort of you know
3: a hundred thousand dollars
2: at least Yep. Wow. to create
3: one of those resin prototypes at that
0: stage, like beyond mock-up, yep. hard copy.
2: Yeah. Wow. In, in, including working hours and everything. It is so expensive.
0: That has blown my mind. I would yeah. have had no clue. And th- that is how much it would be. And that yep. I suppose that also explains why there isn't a sort of automatic process with a lot of this stuff whereby they do, you know, set prototypes for every toy at every stage. Because I can imagine that they would have wanted to have <laughs> you know kept it kept the cost down as much yeah as possible. but also it's a puzzle you know
2: it, 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 i mean and i mean that literally and figuratively it is a puzzle that you're trying to make for children mm. and it is also a puzzle like well how do i keep the cost down how do i and yeah. this is why things are cancelled and why things are changed because it would be too expensive to put electronics in something but they could still sell it without or no you know what when we can't sell it without these electronics it's that's that's the gimmick or it's it's you know the price point that we're going to charge for the size and this that and the other
3: would that have happened would they have wanted to release a toy with electronics and then realize that they couldn't fit it into the price point so they had Unicard. to kick the the size of the toy up to the next size class just to have it have electronics
2: that i don't know because the electronics only were really prevalent in 3 Four toys in G one. Yeah. Um I don't know about modern day stuff. I do know that I think some stuff in G2 had more sophisticated electronics and then and had to be a little more simplified, I think. But those like the, the the breadboard prototypes, that's another phrase, you know, that's what that's for. It's that testing process. Well, this is what I want to create. Can we do it and fit it in the budget for this mm. price point? This price point. And I think now. And you'll have to forgive me, everyone that's listening. I don't know what a Voyager class is and
3: this class and that class. I, <laughs> right, I, I couldn't tell
2: I couldn't tell you. It's not
3: the same as it was even 10 years ago. So in terms of part count or cost or construction or yeah. complexity, it's 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 a moving target. It's moving goalposts. Really.
2: I, I imagine. And it's it's so much, I think it's more cost effective or it's getting to be more cost effective to try ideas out. Putting them into sort of a 3D physical thing is a different thing entirely. But yeah, in the 80s, you know, that's, that's roughly what it would cost having spoken to previous employees on this specific line. Again, Transformers just seems to, from the people I've spoken to, just seems to be a completely different animal.
1: Wow, I suppose with the advent of stuff like three D printing, must be a godsend for stuff like this for like prototyping a couple of ideas. Yeah, I
2: I think it is, uh, but I do think it's a shame because you lose the old, you know, yeah. the lost wax process is mm. a beautiful process in anything, in jewelry, in, you know, whatever, and and. I just think you lose those – what's the phrase I'm looking for? You lose those kind of trades, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's easier. I'm not saying it's more difficult. I'm just saying it's more involved in the old days, yeah. it seems to me. I've never worked on these things. I'm only going on experience, third, fourth-hand experience. But you do, lo- you do lose those kind of – there? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, There's a culture to it, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a culture to it. But you get more done. You get more done and you, you can sell more – yeah. Because it is, it is for kids yeah. at the end the of the speed. day. Really, the
1: speed of being able to do it in real time, yeah. isn't it?
0: You can just whip something straight into a machine, pop it out, and see how it works. Definitely more efficient these days. It it does seem like there's there's kind of a romanticism, if you like, about the sort of old 80s and 90s prototypes for things. Because it was better.
2: Well, it's also cell drawing. It's anything, yeah. but in our era, it's well, why isn't it on vinyl? And in that era, well, why isn't it sung live? You know, that's it. Life is always changing. That's always the thing. Yeah. Welcome
3: to Triple Dinosaur here. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: right. yeah. yeah. God. I do think, again, though, some of that is down to the internet because, again, it's this sort of mystery around some of this old stuff that we we didn't see at the time. Whereas now, very often, you know, there, there are pictures of prototypes up on like a designer's Instagram page, for example, mm-hmm. you know, soon yeah. after a reveal or something like that. So it's a, it's a different beast these days. And I actually think that there's a lot to love about where we are now in terms of the transparency of it all and, you know, the fact that there's so much information and everything else. But that I, I also do agree that there's something so delightful about all the old stuff. Where actually, it's like mystery. Yeah, there's, no, yeah, exactly. there's nothing
3: to uncover anymore. There's yeah. no. Uh, it's too rabbit- accessible. Yeah. yeah, maybe so. I mean, I know I will be sad when there's no more vintage mysteries to solve. When there's no more, where did this start? What version of that was it? You know, how did we get to hear from there? I mean, just the other day, I saw a toy yeah. fair catalog that I'd never seen before. And saw the only ever version of Blue Streak with the black hood and a transformer sticker on I'd ever seen. Like that particular Toy Fair 1984, I had never seen in all these years. Mm. I'd seen so many blue Blue Streaks and then the production blue streak, but never seen the black hooded one with the Transformer stickers next to all the other eighty-four cars. And that was a huge thrill. Like they did crow through that phase of mocking up. Your face tells me you haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. I'll, I'll send you the picture because I had to save it. It was astonishing. Like I've never seen the 84 I Toy I don't fair. recall seeing it. It must have been a, a really early one. It's got to be between blue and production. So it was like this one or step. Or at the same time. I don't maybe. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the that's kind of stuff that I'd hate when that's over.
2: And you see, yeah. you've just said, you've just told me something that I don't think I know. And that is why I love it. What's the point in just knowing absolutely everything about yeah, yeah, something? Yeah. Yeah. There there is still and you say that, Maz, like every single time that we broach this conversation, we have a chat about, oh well, I guess we know it all now, and all the mini variants, and that's just one small thing. Oh, there's another one that we'd never seen before. I don't think I I don't think I just think it's too, it's too vast by its very nature to, to to almost
3: through its disorganization, almost through its lack of process and, and you're discovering it as they go along.
2: And no, we've got to change this mark now because it's, it's, we've, we've brought production down by just tweaking this little bit and we've, but we've got to make a note of what part this is. So we've got to change the stamp and, you know, the, we've got to add a bag now to this seeker accessory because they're falling loose everywhere. So we're just going to secure them. Well, now, you know, from Diaclone to Transformers, we know kids just open boxes, so we're going to put some tape on it, but not right at the close of Diaclone, just a little bit before. So you've got stuff that, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's just so, it's, it's very, very intricate.
0: It, it feels like, again, just as another variance to kind of how things are done now, it feels like, Stuff was a lot more, I don't want to use the word ramshackle, because I think that's probably a little bit unfair, but a a little bit more done on the fly at times as well, back in the 80s, whereas now...
1: Slapdash.
0: Maybe slapdash is a fair assessment. But I don't mean any of this in a bad way. Like, I don't mean it, you know, because now it's contributed, it's another part of what contributes to it all being such a mystery, isn't it, and such a wonderful sort of tapestry. But it's, it's definitely, there's a lot, you know, so many running changes, so many little kind of adjustments along the way uh so many sort of the fact that there's so many variants across different continents and countries and things as well it all sort of works into the mix of it i think
2: running changes is a good one because just when you've got your head around sort of static changes and these big pillar shifts in in the design of a piece you think well we're we're gonna keep doing it during production
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it won't all be changed at the same time. They won't change box, toy, accessory, and paperwork at the same time. It'll be all of the same new paperwork, all of the same, new box, all of the same. So there's about four or five transitional changes between A and B, which is the big shift that we thought were the only things that existed.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for like a Tuesday trailbreaker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'll be different regionally as well. I mean, the whole uh, no-gray border. On the yeah. early 84 transformers i mean we thought it was simple as saying oh if it doesn't have the gray border between the cellophane window and the artwork that's the first release and yeah. it's not it's just in that region it might have been but not down south you know so it's just so hard to, because you've got people in in factories assembling toys and this factory has this assembled part and that factory has a different one so grey roller optimus and blue roller optimus don't come from the same factory but may have been totally simultaneous
2: yeah and you you won't keep track of it without like i said if it's not written down it didn't happen it's Mm. so and provenance with with prototype collecting is is i would say the most important part of that
0: i was gonna say i mean there must be i guess a lot of um Worry doing what you do about, or well, what is this actually? Is this a legit thing? Is this, yeah. you know, I mean, firstly, is someone if they just made it themselves? I suppose as a worst case, or B, is it sort of something that seems like it might be a new find or a legit item, and actually, it's it's just sort of something, you know more ordinary.
2: Yeah, you've you've got to you've it's a really tough one, and I it is getting more difficult with you know people doing their own stuff, and I do make a note and going back. I want to say around ten or fifteen years. There was a very interesting. You might remember this. the The sort of headmaster. It, it looked. It looked like um, Powermaster Optimus Prime, but it wasn't. And it was like this is this is being advertised as a prototype, and we got to the bottom of it, and it was just a guy had made it, and right. that's fine. But if you're trying to deceive someone, this is difficult enough as it is. Yeah, like it's. I have done this for so long and you still get sort of bamboozled. There was a, a game that I had never seen before. It was a a, a Headmasters uh, in a cartridge, Japanese Headmasters game.
1: Oh, the Famicom disc system.
2: Yeah, but it was, yeah, exactly. The, yeah. On on the Famicom disc system and, and this was a Headmasters in a cartridge and I'd never mm. seen it before and it was a clear case. And I thought, I jumped to the conclusion, you know, I, one and one makes four. And I thought, well, I, I've done all the research I can Or I know how to do in the areas in which I know how to do them because I don't know anything about, beyond having a Mega Drive, I don't know anything about sort of variants and and things like that within the computer game industry. I have no idea. Uh, Collecting community, sorry. And this was clear and it ticked all the boxes for what I know. And I sort of, instead of going, well, could this be a protest? I was like, no, this is a protest. Obviously, you know, I found it and, you know, the circumstances... And then a computer game expert who collects—I think it was, he just collected Famicom or something super specific, as you know we're talking about now—but for computer games, he said, "No, this is a, this is a fake," and he sent me a link to something that I would never have found. And you're like, oh, "I've I've been doing this a long old time," and I, but I'm not a computer games expert but you, you take a bit of this information and a bit of that information and you put them together and you're like, well, this has got all the markings of, but it's just not. So you can fool people that have been doing this a while. You can fool people that have been doing it for 10 minutes, but if you know what you're looking for and there are subtle things to look for, you can, you can sort of make an educated guess.
1: It's, it's doubly hard with Famicom Disk System stuff because as well as being sold as retail discs, they were sold in yeah. a little kiosk where you could take them in and have games copied onto them. So they're all over the place. That's That was the idea of it. You could go into a shop in Japan and into a kiosk and just have a different games copied over oh, whatever really? you had. So those discs you constantly find with the wrong sticker on as to what the game is. So you'll often see it scribbled on the back like i don't know paper boy over a zelda sticker or something no like that. kidding yeah because it's, that was what it was it was a disc based add-on for the famicom which was the nes over here and that's
2: well. that i did not know that and yeah. it's it's that's really interesting because the japanese in general had I, I i don't know the sort of toy production um today but but had this sort of very forward thinking mindset for collectors in terms of the styrofoam yep. yeah. you know preserving everything making it for collectors and uh just being able to rewrite a Zelda onto a, you know.
3: Wow. The thing is, though, as a buyer, would you even test it out? For example, if, any, if someone was to buy that and it was a different game, like, in in your case, like what are the li- what was the likelihood that you would have ever put that in a Famicom this system never. to find out? Absolutely right. So in your never. mind, it would be exactly what you thought it was. Yeah,
2: I mean the the question mark is there, but if I don't have any other examples, I mean this guy who, like I said, knew what he yeah. was talking about, sent me a link, and I'm like, okay, there you go. Knowledge is is absolutely key, and it can be something very small or something very big. If you don't know about it and you yeah. don't know everything about it, it's vicious. It's yeah. vicious, very difficult to find out.
1: So was it on a cartridge then? Because the, the Headmasters was on the disc system. So I assume, was it yeah. like a Famicom cart that they'd put it on someone had? Yeah, Because ex- it wouldn't exactly, have run on a yeah. Famicom.
2: Because... It, yeah, no, it was it was on the yeah. cartridge and I'd never seen it on a cartridge, only on the mm-hmm. disc. And I thought, well, and it's clear and it's got like weird little things in it. And I thought, well, there's there's a likelihood of that and it was 5 pounds so i t- <laughs> I, t- I took a punt
1: have you ever played it it's definitely not worth 5 pounds i don't <laughs> listen
2: i can't even plug in a toaster so listen uh, it's
0: i'm not i'm not the i'm not the guy <laughs>
2: can't even play a cd
0: I still don't think I really know what Famicom is. So uh, yeah, computer game, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is that a computer game?
1: <laughs> yeah. It was the Japanese version of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh right. Okay. I know Family what NES is. Family computer.
0: Yeah, I there we yes, go. That's what it was. I know yeah. what NES is. <laughs>
3: So that was up to hard copy stage that we got to in terms of that. Yes. What comes after the hard copies, assuming it's a successful design and, and they want to take it further? So one of the hard copies goes to, uh, you know, you've got several different stages of hard
2: copies. You, you can have a silicon mold with a finite amount of pulls before the silicon mold itself breaks down and you can no longer pull anything from it so you have a hard copy that uh, is painted or or two hard copies one in each mode three if it's you know six shot would have had you know whatever to display and photograph in each mode and these are these at this point this is really precious cargo because you can't make any more because the silicon mold has broken down and it, it would be an absolute nightmare to try and recreate these and you know be be careful with them. You see kids in the in the prediking commercial with the hard copy, and you're like, oh my goodness, how did, how did that? <laughs> so those adverts how... contain hard copy prototypes. They do, yes, yeah. yeah. That must yeah. be
0: so weird and to
2: supervised just... as well. Let me
0: yeah, just incredible to think that actually in those adverts or whatever that kids did play with these. These prototypes—it's
2: mad. Yeah, oftentimes, I mean, not all the time. No. Obviously, Ultra, Ultra Magnus was a, a moulding die clone, so it didn't require a hard copy, but it probably had changes made to it mm. that required some things that weren't done on the on, on the mm-hmm. steel mould itself. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, some some of those were painted and 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 uh, photographed and put into toy fair catalogues, taken to toy fair, put in the commercials. These are the ones that sell your product, so you want them to look as good as they possibly can. So they're photographed on the box, in the catalogue. They are used oftentimes for the artwork illustration. Mm-hmm. So the, the artist will yeah. have one in front of them and, you know. And in, and, and just, just as a quick aside, in terms of pretenders, these pretenders are solid. They weigh about a kilogram each. Really? I mean, it's ridiculous. Wow. It's absolutely ridiculous how heavy they Oh, man. So, so, they've got these and they're painting them and, and so on and so forth. And another one isn't painted, it's being sent to the factory to make the steel molds. To, you know. Oh man,
0: I really want a heavy pretender now. That's
2: like, that's. that's... I mean, I'm telling you, they, it's, they're all heavy, but yeah. So, then you get a first shot, which is the very first plastic uh, from a steel mold in a factory it's the very first
3: run Stop right there Th- this is a great place to tell a story okay uh, this is a story that you and i have joked about for years you were talking about ultra magnus yeah uh, and that not needing the hard copy because yeah. it was in production in diaclone something yeah. like a, a g1 decepticon plane w- would have been roughly the same story because they had production uh, versions in diaclone but then you get to the cone heads right and they had yeah. new wings, new stuff you know where I'm going with this now I can I, see your face I know. <laughs> so there was a you know there was a sale of uh, prototype conehead wings uh, in about 2007, and yeah. uh, they were unpainted and resin, and then you had painted resin versions too. so dirge thrust, ramjet wings, crazy sizes, crazy colors, different shapes, like with the dirge ones, you could see why the dirge stickers on the production toy don't really fit the side of the wing because it was the shape of the prototypes proportions and it went all the way up to his shoulders instead of stopping at his waist so they were really different they had to prototype the wings instead of the whole toy and uh you had a thrust right so you had a production sample thrust missing a wing no sir i had the catalogue thrust right okay what does that mean the
2: 19 the actual piece that was used to in the photograph not not a version of or the actual one that you see in the 1985 American catalogue is the one that is in my display case. Right. Missing
3: a wing. Missing a resin wing. Right. So this was a clear resin wing that had been painted over. Yes. And I had it.
4: And <laughs> yes. you had it. Yeah, no. It had come to me.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I had got it in a lot from the same seller. Actually, you didn't get the thrust from that seller. Totally different. You got the different. thrust from someone else. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. But years later, I get... The, so these prototypes would have been at Hasbro at some point and then yeah. went their separate ways, either via a photographer or someone or some family member or something, or ex-employee. Ex-employee, fa- yeah,
2: family yeah. member.
3: And so yeah. I had the wing in another lot with the other wings that I'd bought. And <laughs> eventually I realised, oh, this, this belongs to Raz, basically, because he's got the thrust. He's not selling the thrust. And I can't hold the, onto this wing forever. I mean, this is a bit ridiculous.
0: So I decided <laughs> Just to... Just have the one wing in a display <laughs> case somewhere. That's it. Yeah. Were well, you winging it? Do a whole article on the one wing.
3: I mean, I tried to get things out of him for the wing and he wasn't having it so I was, okay let <laughs> just have the wing i'm just gonna i'm gonna give it to you because we're mates and that thrust needs completing so have the wing and this was the first toy show that i would have attended for absolutely years i think it was auto assembly 2008 or something like that 2007
2: yeah I, no i think Six, it was, eight, that's, nine? Uh, no that's when it was it was after that
3: no, you're right. Yeah, no, we were already living in the home where my daughter had already been born at that point. It must have been like 2011 or something. 2011, uh, no, 2012 or 2013, something like that. And um, yeah, so I had packed it in bubble wrap and put it in a box and I was like, I'm going to take this to Birmingham to auto assembly or TF Nation. I'm going to hand it to Raz. I haven't seen Raz in years. I haven't seen loads of these people in years. This was like a big return to toy shows for me. I was so, yeah. so pumped. I thought, I, I want to see his face. I want to hand this over to him. And I told you I was going to give it to you. Yeah. And of course, um, I was working with uh, Paul Hitchens at the Space Bridge uh, behind his table. And, and you came up and I was like, oh, you know, how are you doing? Long time. I was like, all right, I've got something for you. And I went rummaging in my box. And he kissed me.
0: I might have <laughs> that. Yeah. that sounds about um, right, actually.
3: Before or after I went rummaging in my T-times, box. Yeah. <laughs> was I rummaging in your box? It's anyway, at the same time. There's more where that came from. <laughs> um, anyway, so I went to get this wing for you, for your thrust. After all these years, that you, how long had you had the thrust at that point? I, I had it since 2005, so I'd had it at least six or seven years, wow. Right? wow, okay. And I'd had that wing since 2007, so maybe like five, six years myself. And uh, I couldn't find it. I I'd, uh, I couldn't find the wing. I was like, w- have I left it at home? Like, it, it was in a box. I'm, I'm sure I brought the box with me, and I brought stuff for other people too, and I couldn't find this prototype G1 thrust wing. And um, I just yeah. thought, you know what? Um, maybe I left it at home. So I thought I'll call my wife and make sure it's it's at home. But of course it was in a cardboard box by the door and uh, you know, <sighs> recycling, you know, it was the day for the recycling and everything. I was, like, I was like, oh my God. All right. um, I need to, I need to call and find out where this is. And I called and I said, you know, is, is there a box by the door? Is, you know, is there anything in the box? She goes, there's nothing by the door, but your mum has just taken out the recycling. <laughs> I was like, can, can you check, please? So she opened the door to the to the home, and my mum was on the stairs with the boxes because she was with our daughter, who was really young at the time. And uh, she just asked my mum to, to bring the boxes back. And sure enough, inside one of those boxes was the prototype wing <laughs> that was on its way to recycling <laughs> after all these years. I couldn't believe Unreal. it. Unreal. Yeah. That's like, like,
2: incredible. That is a sign that that uh, uh, triggers me. It really
0: does. So hang on. Do you have, Res? do you have the wing? Yes, yes yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I think I posted M- it to next TFN. End. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat here. Like, hang on. Is it,
2: you know, where it should be? Yeah, uh, he, uh, in the he posted it to me, but that was stressful.
3: That was stressful. Can you imagine if I had been responsible for sending a G1 prototype thrust wing to the recycling? <laughs> If that would have, on, would have been on me forever.
1: That's it. It's almost like they determined to stay separate, isn't it? This Wings is like, nope, I'm not,
2: we're not being reunited. Well, a buddy of mine recycled the original G1 Devastator box artwork.
3: What? Oops. Oh.
2: Just before they came, he retrieved it. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Got to create Mad. a bit of suspense. But he yeah. and
0: I meet. Mean, uh, yeah.
2: It was very, very close.
0: I mean, I guess that's the thing that probably is intriguing to, I'm sure, a lot of people, certainly to me, because I think you sort of imagine, don't you, when people have this prototype stuff or pre-production stuff, that it's in glass cases or kind of like a sort of museum almost, you know. And um, I'm sure some of it is just you know lying around people's houses. I'm not saying this is how it is with you, Raz, but you know, just as normal toys, almost.
2: Yeah, well, especially if you work there, it's your job that you've taken
3: home. Right, you had it to the kids.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll take this home for the weekend, Clive, and you can work on it, and or give it to the kids, let them play with it, see what they think of it, and then it just goes in a box, which is which is honestly what happens 99% of the time, and it just becomes an estate sale and so on but no not now it's all you know displayed as as, as space allows but yeah it's uh, the property of Harringay Council
4: <laughs> yeah well yeah like
2: you hear you hear a lot of this stuff is thrown out this is where a lot of this That's stuff mad, is found yeah. by people that you know go yeah. dumpster diving yep. and frightening <laughs>
3: To go back to what you were saying about the next step from uh, a painted resin prototype, painted hard copy, what comes after that? You you mentioned the first shot.
2: Yeah, so first shots are when the steel mould has been created and it's the very first run. EP1, first shot, T1. It's the very first kind of rough ever plastic toy to be made in the history of that particular particular piece. And, you know, from a design point of view, again, we spoke about feedback. You're going to get them back and 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 have notes on either the color or the you know the mold or, or something isn't quite right or it might be perfect first time but no that's i guarantee that never happened a great um point to just kind of keep in mind is that you're not only working with just um one one side of things this is an animation show so the animators the the toy makers uh, have to adhere to kind of animation, Bibles, sketches, uh, paint schemes, all, all of that, or vice versa. So there's a lot of kind of people with opinions high up that um, that you have to kind of cater to when, when making anything like that um again if you just think about it like a normal business and or, or anything in that sort of realm of entertainment mm. so a good example of this is you know we we'll, we might as well just go for the for the pink hot rod you know he was
1: like, yeah, yeah. We've never spoke about that on this show before. No, what, was well... It? <laughs> think
2: who? That's why I'm bringing it up now, because I think there is a, a disgusting lack of mention
0: of the Pink Hot Rod. <laughs> yeah. so we've always had that. We've really slept on it, I can tell yeah. you. You yeah.
2: have, honestly, and, yeah. and, and I think the fan, it's time the fans got what they want. They've been writing
0: letters. We've got yeah. whole mailbags full. Yeah, rightly so. It's, you know, Just in Liam's, Liam's spare room. Yeah. yeah,
2: well, he's, he, he's he, he wrote half of them, so it's a little... Yeah. Yeah. We've got bags
0: full of
1: something, anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if we go, make Pink Hot Rod. Get it made. You've got a Pink Hot Rod?
0: <laughs> I think, so, yes. in a way, though, Pink Hot Rod is sort of the poster boy for this whole discussion, isn't it? Yeah, because I guess so. Because it's... It, I think that's his function on the box, isn't it? Poster boy? Yeah, <laughs> poster, yeah. poster boy, yeah. 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 But it will have been, I assume for you as well, Raz, one of the pre-production... Prototypes, whatever you want to call it, that that will have captured imagination even as a child. Like Are I you remember, kidding me of course, yeah. I, Maz is holding up his uh, his new retro hot rod. There it is. There it I is. mean, they've made one, you yeah. Know, a, a which yeah, which is incredible. Which is incredible. I mean, the, for me, I distinctly remember looking at the catalogue as a kid and thinking, "Hang on a minute, that looks." different to the one that i have yeah and and that even as a child that set my imagination going as to like what the deal was here and whatever what's so. the difference and
2: you yeah you do sort of you do sort of uh i don't know I, I guess there are two camps you sort of take the information that you're given and just go well, obviously, there was some kind of change along the way or the colours didn't match. And this is as a kid, I'm saying, right? Not as not yeah. as an adult collector. Like Maz mentioned um, about uh, why Unicron was uh, mentioned. Pre- oh, arbalus look, it's Unicron, right? And now, uh, how do they know? It's because he's already infamous and that's the story that they want you to believe. It's, yeah, that, yeah. it's already a given, so you don't have to explain it necessarily to to the audience and i think that translated in the same way to toys it's it's a Mm. it's almost a given you do question it obviously because you're like well why is this different yeah but there is that sort of thing as a kid for for me certainly that sort of well something is different it just is what it is um i can I, i i i like them each individually. But yeah, Pink Hot Rod is is definitely one of them because it, it you know, pink in the movie and So
0: you just for the benefit of doubt because obviously yeah. people may not know, you have the Pink Hot Rod, don't you that is in the catalogs?
2: I I have uh I have a Pink Hot Rod which is in the catalogs in the 1986 Pre toy fair catalog, the spring pre-toy toy fair, fair yeah. Oh, yeah, the pre toy fair. So there was a toy, pre toy fair, then a toy fair. One with the clear, which is the earlier one with the putty in between the. That and you they can both, see in the catalog you, that you yeah. can see there's there's two in the catalog. that there, there, there is two in the catalog. Um, both have the putty in the arm to keep it in the in the thing. And one one was robot mode. One was for for vehicle mode and mine the stickers on the legs are handmade and they're very thick it's uh it's it's like a hand uh, it's a printed not professionally printed on a large scale it's a small printed sort of glitter sticker that's been hand colored and with a, a, a thick layer of acetate glued on so that if if I'm sort of being demonstrative on webcam now, but for, for those listening, the thick piece of acetate blocks the legs from going all the way up. Um, so that one we know was for robot mode. There is another one, um, out there that has been found that is for the car mode, the vehicle mode. And then additionally, I have the, the blue canopy one, which is, is, is used for photography on uh, the top of the box.
0: Well, that, that is the thing. And, you know, when you were talking about it as a kid earlier, and, you know, obviously we've talked about the catalogs as well, yeah. but that's sort of the, the real thing with a lot of this, isn't it, is that you yeah. would have seen pictures of some of this stuff that right. you now own. Right. We all chi- would As a child, yeah, we all yeah. would have done. Yeah, it's yeah. part of all of our lives. It's
3: part yeah. of the lives of every single child and adult who owned a G1 Hot Rod. Yeah. That was the, was the one yeah. that they looked at, and it's in all these homes. It was in millions and millions of homes, yeah. and now the actual one. is is in a collection and is known and is seen. That's, that still blows my mind that that, I try to explain that to like my wife and my daughter and and my friends. (laughs) Yeah. This this is the one. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's,
2: it's so significant and and that's the allure of it, you know? And I think that's, it, 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 this is, I met, I touched on it earlier when I said, this is the one that made every single one in every home. And, and Mm. that, that's, that's very true. It is, it is that. And, uh, you know, it's it's a hugely hugely significant piece, and that design. Why why that is doubly interesting is that design got past the the hard copy stage and actually got to to the injection molded plastic, and uh, it was only later changed from pink. I can only assume why. I don't really know. The color palette of the '80s was pinks. It was purples. There are certainly other toys that have pinks and purples. '88, mm, uh, full of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think the connotations of the sort of pinks are the, uh, if you look at it from a business standpoint, um, this is, this is, uh, was marketed um, obviously, there are plenty of female fans. It's it's you know it's as much a female as it is a male. But it, it, in the eighties, as as a kid, predominantly they are marketing towards boys. And it's it boys was
3: called toy. the Hasbro Boys Toys Division. It's the Hasbro
2: Boys Toys Division. There was a a girls' toy division uh, that had plenty of pink. And I think for the main character, the the the, the main protagonist of the movie, the young. Uh, guy, I can only guess that it probably crossed lines with Barbie uh, in terms of the color palette. That's the only thing I can think of. Now, that's again from a business point of view because everybody on this podcast and probably everybody on the planet would have been like, no, no, we would have taken the pink one. Oh, because yeah. oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Cause, it's, <laughs> Cause it's amazing, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. from that business point of view and, and crossing a line with a product that they had, you know, on the other side of the tracks in girls toys, it was, it, it was probably too similar. It probably wasn't even a gender thing. You know, it was just too similar, uh, of a product to what they were marketing towards the girls toys. So,
3: but yeah, I mean, that's, this, this continued in hot rods history of reissues. Mm, I mean, yeah, We've had uh, yeah. designers go on on other people's shows and, and say that you know that they wanted it pink, but were were told no, even in a reissue phase. You know, even yeah, in the the era of nostalgia.
2: Yeah, and I in it, it, that's uh, it is the era of nostalgia, you know, and I do think that there is oftentimes a, a sort of predilection to sort of talk down to children, adults talking down to children, and and make no mistake, kids, because we all were one, are more intelligent than you can possibly fathom. Mm. And the color pink makes absolutely no difference to anyone's world other than, well, I prefer it or I prefer the red or I yeah. prefer the blue. It's just what you want. There's, there's no sort of, you only analyze it after the fact to, to try and fit square pegs into round holes but that is what i'm presuming happened with hot rod it could be nothing to do with that it could have been the pigment was too expensive who
3: knows so at what point did the the pink get changed to what we now see on on vintage due on hot rod production that would have been and this is a guess i would say
2: ep2 or three so it's the th- Second or third run, after the notes came back and ch- uh, design changes were made, that the, the the pigment was uh, was changed from that sort of very sort of hot pink to to the red.
3: And by that time, would the stickers have still been handmade, or would they have been uh, machine made? No, by that point? no. So
2: when when you sort of pass out these responsibilities, they from my understanding on this toy line it's it's different uh, different um departments so accessories are, are a different department but in those earlier stages you know you, you you all make something you try and create something and it comes together to make this handmade piece right and then you sort of pass out the responsibilities and that there, there are different departments so i think uh, no the, the the stickers ended at um first shot the handmade stickers
3: and then after these engineering pilots comes What, like a release candidate and then final production? Essentially, yeah. So you've got an FEP, Final Engineering Pilot,
2: uh, production sample, and they'll be bagged. My experience is, depending on the toy, again, it's not uniformed. Some come with accessories, some do not come with accessories. And then they are for review. And then it's packaging, which is a different department. And then it's packaged together. Then you've got um, a a quality control sample, which uh, then was white tags. And now is green tags or, or oh yeah, the famous Hasbro too?
3: tags, yeah, yeah yeah yeah,
2: so so you've got the reason for the for the for the check the who who signed off on it, and if there are any changes to be made, it'll be annotated on the card, which is you know why if you do have a green tag or, or white tag or whatever tag it is that uh, you you know you've got notes on it, well that then you know that that's not the final product because the notes would then have to be sent back for review uh, for sorry uh, from review to to uh, to be changed and then then you'd get the final quality uh, quality control samples then it's then it's release time and even then you're not safe because let's look at uh, let's look at the stunt the G2 Stunticons protector Bots, and yeah. um Hero Megatron Prime in blue you know that they, they were ready to roll in fact mm-hmm. they were for sale in in the Hasbro employee store
0: Yeah i mean there was so much yeah. stuff in G2 isn't there that was carded boxed up ready yeah. uh, and just pulled at the last minute
2: all of 95 yeah, know, yeah. yeah pretty much that 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 kind of that line which is why it's so uh, so notorious so infamous is is you've got you've got a real i mean talk about an amazing class of of 95 you know mm. you've got the the g2 Stanticons, all carded by the leaders which would have been in their own case the 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 protector bots all carded again apart from the leaders so ATB Megatron.
3: You were saying that these were for sale in the Hasbro employee store. Does that mean the leaders yeah. would have had packaging as well like Motormaster and Hotspot?
2: Well, this 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 is the um yes they would have done because the artwork was created. Yeah, it yeah, how we've far seen it, yeah. It, yeah, how far it got, I don't know. Only because nothing has ever been found again if it wasn't written down it didn't happen, but you know that's that's kind of a, a rule of thumb but it's 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 one you take with a pinch of salt we've seen the artwork we've seen their peers be packaged we've seen case assortment numbers you know they were ready to roll but we haven't seen any actual proofs mm. as, you, in, could as tomorrow, in, like you could tomorrow like someone could turn exactly. up tomorrow
3: with a package complete set of five and be like yeah, yeah. since 1995 just sat in the loft
2: yeah absolutely and an abominous g1 abominous gift set and yeah. a g1 bruticus gift set right. because yeah. g1 g1 defensor in the in the sort of uh the the pricing uh guide from hasbro that the, the pro- with the product codes and everything that that uh, the hartmans were sent um years ago by hasbro when when they were sort of formulating uh, list of every variant in, in mm-hmm. you know, their, their entire product list. Uh, Defensor was not available, not applicable. Said NA next to the product code, next to the... So there was a stage where that wasn't going to be released, and yet it was. Mm-hmm. And it's very tough. And it's very tough. US Could Defensor. that be a reason, you know? Yeah.
3: If you were to take an average guess uh, and still sticking with Hot Rod, how many prototypes would you say, how many clear prototype stages has a toy like that gone through? If you had to have a number of, um, let's not even count the hard copy, let's just say of plastic versions before release, how many would, for example, Hot Rod have had? or, Or a Hot Rod or a Cyclonus or a Springer? Well, Hot
2: Rod, Cyclonus and Springer, May have had different issues. This is the thing. Like, you can say, if all goes well, you've got a first shot, EP one, two, three. And then on the fourth try, that's the sample that gets made. Right. That's on a good day. Broadside, I have an EP three where which is the third run of, of those engineering pilots after, you know, the drastic changes that took place from the hard copy that we see in the, in the US 85 catalogs where it looks completely different, t- totally different. That's the hard copy. So they had to totally retool that design and, and so on and so forth. I don't know how far that got, but even in the EP3 stage, which I have the plane and aircraft carrier mode, the tip of that and the nose cone do not clear the face. Right. So it's a simple, simple thing of give of tolerances in terms of engineering. So what they had to do thereafter was just give a bit more clearance from the nose cone, uh, from the face because it would just rub on the nose and you you could barely close it. So that's an additional thing that you need to send back. So then that means there undoubtedly would have been an EP four.
3: So you've got a note on that toy that says EP3. You've got something scribbled on it on a tag or something.
2: Yeah, it, it's written, it's it's on uh, uh, wrapped in bubble wrap and has EP3 in a green marker written on it. That's amazing. And it doesn't, I, and th- I, I have two of those. One is loose, uh, one is, is sealed. and So I know that the loose one is an EP3 and has no clearance from the nose.
0: I guess at that stage you can see Assuming that you have, you know, a, a retail release broadside as well, you can yeah. see the physical difference between the two of them, I'm assuming.
2: Yes, you can. You can feel it. You can, I mean, there there are other differences and there are with Springer as well. Springer's a really good one. So, all of these, I uh, was fortunate enough to find examples of Retgar, Springer, Cup, Hot Rod, Sandstorm as well. Sandstorm, Defensor, all these 86 guys and they all have, uh, minor issues that still need to be fixed. And they're all the latest of all of them is EP3. So that's, that's kind of what I'm going on because mm-hmm. again, I am going on experience based on what I've been able to mm-hmm. amass, what I've been able to see, because you can't talk to, I, I found people that used to work at the, at, at the company to ask questions and they, they, they can't remember those specifics. Mm. Um, so you've just got to, you've got to kind of piece it together and there's, there's a lot of guesstimation involved. So, you know, I'm saying this now, tomorrow, something could come up and, and that fills in a blank that I'm like, okay, well then I was wrong about this previously.
3: Hard to be definitive, I guess. It
2: is. It's really hard to be definitive.
3: Do you think that's kind of what turns off some people to collecting it? Because we have this kind of innate need to complete collections and, and someone who goes for a collection of prototypes knows that they can never know what that looks like. I think it could
2: be but I've I've never I've never met anyone that was sort of discouraged by that because it's everyone sort of ultimately looks for at least one crown jewel for their collection because right. the crown jewel is is a term often bandied about by collectors and you know you've all got one whatever that may be you've all yeah. got one it's almost supply and demand and you you want something that no one else has got, right? And then you feel sort of special about it. And <laughs> I'm the only one experiencing this particular. Sandstorm mold and you know this is the crown jewel of my collection if I am a Sandstorm collector or a movie collector or a Transformers collector or whatever so i i haven't experienced people being put off by that there are just new collectors and older collectors get out of it and newer collectors yeah. go t- to the to the to the basics of Optimus Prime and Megatron and you know maybe in several years when they when they've exhausted those possibilities something exotic comes along and and that's what they fancy i don't know but in terms of completists, yeah, you, you can never
0: complete this. Do you think there's more interest maybe in terms of pre-production stuff of items that never made it to retail as opposed to, because you're obviously, you know, you've given examples like Springer and Retgar and things yeah. like that, but those toys exist as well. So, I yeah. mean, purely from my own perspective, and I'm saying this purely personally, yeah, you know, I would be more drawn if such a thing existed, like to... The prototype of rc for example because yeah. it's not something that i can get you know the retail version of and yeah. uh you know like unicron is obviously the, the kind of ultimate in, yeah. in many people's minds because it's something we all know about we've seen pictures of it and yet none of us apart from yourself have it in a cupboard in our house you know and uh we'll
1: never get to experience it will we That's yeah the difference, exactly isn't it, it's what you haven't experienced
0: and i think there is probably certainly in my mind I, I think all of it is fascinating, don't get me wrong, but there's there's kind of a, a layer of fascination of, like, this is an early version of a toy that we all know yeah. versus yeah. this is something that you've never actually physically seen, you know, and, and...
2: Yeah, and and I think that I do agree with you, and I, I think I agree with you to a point, and I'll, I'll yeah, give yeah. a couple of explanations um, with... Th- you, that, that, that again, is why the G2 line is is just held in such a high place amongst collectors because, mm. A, it's an entire line that was yeah. never released. But within that line, there are mock-ups that weren't released into plastic production. You know, Maz, you had a few, like, you know, the, the,
3: the Mirage, sand- Sideswipe, Sideswipe, and- Sideswipe, the Sandstorm, although that did make it to – Plastic test shot stage, the but we didn't know that at the time. No, though, did that's we? true. It was more recent discovery that that and the Black Death Star scream had made it to plastic yeah. test shot, and they were and far less interesting. Well. Looking. Yeah, they were far less interesting looking as well at that point. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing. Like,
2: yeah, I, I think there is that draw that, yeah, the RC that you talked about, and and which is which would be currently uh, of the of the pieces that I do not uh, currently own would, would would be number one. Do you have a horse jet, Raz? No, I don't.
0: No. <laughs> oh yeah. man, Horsejet. No. is one I would like to own. I—I yeah.
2: I have a, a pretty strong uh, feeling as to who does own that. Um, so someone no. owns it. Drop shot.
0: Yeah, drop shot
2: is its like, official they,
0: yeah. name. We, we in these, Yeah, we like to call it horse chat. Yeah. yeah, we we named it in a chat. Yeah. A few years back as horse jet. I can't even remember where it came from. <laughs>
2: Galvatron, <Yeah. laughs> who is that new Decepticon?
0: <laughs> horse
3: jet.
2: Was it a Decepticon?
3: Was horse jet a Decepticon? I don't know. We,
2: we're making our own narrative now.
3: But someone owns it.
2: I think so. I think so.
3: I've never like, seen like it at Takara
2: shows. Yeah, I, I like to think that someone owns it. And, yeah. And a uh, pretty good idea as to who that may be. But I don't know. The, the the one thing I will say, six is that the differences of a released piece can yeah. be so stark that it's almost unrecognizable, yeah, and I would say the gray Astro train fits yep. that bill That's number entirely. one the, really. that's the I fair, mean, yeah 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 entirely that yeah. that is that is almost an unreleased. Piece and it's something that that no one's ever sort of had in you know obviously there was an e hobby version but all these versions aren't you know that and the broadside
0: that would be my number two of pieces oh, that, that I broadside have. well I think my that, goodness particularly because that was the character model that we saw then in some of the cartoon not all but also in the comic as well I mean I remember I was a big Marvel comic fan growing up and yeah. uh, you know then seeing that toy in the catalogue yeah and then owning the toy and being like hang on a minute what's happening
2: you know why is that totally different and it just but is the grass always greener though that's what you think yeah true i don't know i i don't know i i do feel like it would be in those cases if i'm perfectly honest with you from a design point of view i never liked on as a kid obviously now it's very different but as a kid astrotrain's legs Mm. had sort of toes at the bottom i would I actually had one, a classic, that so when I was a kid I cut those off because I just liked it flush, which the prototype has flush legs. There's no toes on it, you know, because when you're in train mode, you're like, well, what's that? Uh, sorry, in, in rocket mode. Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. That's the immersion breaker. <laughs> with, sure, with sure.
3: That's Yeah,
4: that's what it is.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Let's not talk about Octane. Oi. Well, Octane started having a pivot. Yeah.
3: Right being an articulated
2: lorry an abs- a, a, an absolute articulate
0: yeah, uh, articulated yeah. that lorry. fascinated me I, and, and you know as your, you're, yeah mm. yeah well you can see it and as you're coming up with some of these examples i must admit they're all ones that really still ring as super fascinating in my brain yeah
2: and then you get the G, you you get to g2 and it's it's like wow this is this is an entire line
0: so i have a i have a question then about g2 specifically because and I think so. It's easy to piece together lots of G two, and I've written about it a few times because I I also think it's a hugely fascinating part. And I think because of the 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 rarities and the the non release stuff, yeah. it almost makes the the line as a whole more interesting because of what we didn't get. Yeah. And I, I think because you can piece together, you know, so bits like the, some of the the pieces that Maz had, like the sideswipe, the yellow sideswipe, and then we've seen the artwork, so we know that there was the. The painted mock-up of it, but yeah. we know that what the artwork, so we know what the finished toy would have looked like as well. Yeah. So you can sort of, you know, piece it together very easily from those bits. But then th- there's things like Tiger Stripe Grimlock, which is one that we've only ever seen as artwork. But I'm guessing there will have been a painted piece or something at some point, right? Like that's that's fair to assume that that did exist or does exist. Yeah, um
2: without a doubt. Okay, if the others did, that did. So there's there's an orange jazz
3: out there as well then?
2: Well, not only that, but in talking with a longtime collector in, I would say, 2003 or two, this is years before any of this was discovered. And this is a this is like an OG OG collector. He was like, yeah, no, I've I've been shown um, some weird things over the years. I've been shown that that's been a lot of people's experience <laughs> yeah. in this hobby back back in the day, To so <laughs> be completely right. Right. right, and it, it's <laughs> I think
0: you you have to have be more some specific. Weird things,
2: yeah. <laughs> and he said, I've seen a blue and green swoop. Mm. I've oh. seen an orange sludge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. There was a third, but he I clearly remember and this was on the phone a phone conversation with him he said I've seen a blue and green swoop and I've seen an orange and red but he said orange sludge and I thought when I'd seen this artwork I thought well this artwork hasn't been seen before so I harked back to that conversation several years before and I thought you've seen the mock-ups then haven't you fascinating yeah. so they
0: are out there we think then that's yeah someone someone has them someone has them i i honestly
2: don't know anyone that does have them in their yeah, collection yeah. same with sergeant hound and um carl hartman is 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 a huge sort of proponent to find those and
3: right i mean there are collectors who don't share their stuff you know they're not online they they're very old school and they collect purely for their own desire to to own things and, and they've it's only with you know the sad passing of people sometimes that these things come to light, you know, there's an estate sale and all of a sudden there's a whole new influx of prototypes on the market. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: I I, I do agree with that. And I I think that would be less likely to be a collector and more likely to be an ex employee. Yeah, I think Mm. so. Because when, when you get to, to do this for a longer time, even the hint of, well, this guy might have that, or this girl might have this piece. You know, there's some kind of hint as to who's got what without even having seen it. So I think the likelihood is an ex-employee sale or or the kid of someone yeah. that yeah. brought them home and said, play with this, and they don't know what it is, and it's painted and it says Sergeant Hound.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's always <laughs> the thing that strikes me. Is right? that actually, a lot of this stuff may just be in someone's hands and they don't even know what it is. In a little drawer somewhere, you know, just in yeah. a box.
3: Randomly. Yeah, well, exactly that. I mean, they they have a clue, yeah. There were things that came out a, a year and a half ago, and they have never been seen before in the hands of anyone, and yet all of a sudden somebody had them, and they were for sale. And and one of them was the, the swoop that you see on the G1 swoop box. It's mm. got the gold beak, all the pointy parts, diaclone gold parts, and it's painted red. And that had never been seen before in all nearly wow. 40 years. Now it's been shown. I I am going to flex because I can't often, but I have the grapple from the box, you know, the the boxed diaclone grapple. That, oh, that's a hell the, of a flex. And that's got a sticker on it that no other grapple has. And it was mocked up for Transformers grapple. And that was part of the same lot. There was um, a Transformer, no, it was a Beatras Beat Vadam, wasn't there? Mm. And that's the thing that never turns up. There was a Bit Vadim in that that group of toys. There were Diaclone Mm. product samples, totally production, nothing different about them, but they were in that lot. So this person had stuff from Hasbro and, and stuff like this had turned up after decades.
0: Oh, are we going to sit here and just accept Matt saying, I can't often flex in a conversation where... <laughs> it's usually just, the
3: same flex,
1: isn't it, we're, though? We're it's just
0: the same thing. But you've just said that you had all these like G2 prototypes and everything, at once upon a time. You've got plenty of flex in you, man.
1: I'll just say, I am trying so hard not to make a Van Damme joke every time you say Vadamme. Taken all of the willpower I <laughs> have. <laughs> <laughs> Jean Claude Vadam. <Yeah>. <laughs> beat Claude beat Nick Van. Oh, in that. Beat Claude. Yeah. Oh, but look,
3: th- when those G2 prototypes were on the market, they, they were on eBay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there were so many things. That lot was such a huge find that there are still things from that lot being sold by the same geezer today.
0: But isn't that sometimes the way that this stuff comes to light? That it just pops up on eBay. I mean, even now there's this stuff that just yeah. randomly crops up on ebay for sale isn't it and it's like hang on a i minute. found my biggest
2: find ever on ebay you right know? it's it's t- time and place i i was meant to be this is november no october 2005 and it was the year 2005 sorry the year 2005. i promise, I, promise I wouldn't do that again <laughs> I, I i don't know you guys have heard this story i guess but um i was meant to be working and and one of the one of the cast members was unfortunately just sort of not very well so we postponed for a, a couple of days and uh i came home which i wasn't meant to do and i thought you know i got home quite late i thought oh,
3: i'll just check ebay <laughs>
0: As you do, <laughs> wake yeah. up in
3: the middle of the night, need a pee. No, that's, I'm,
2: well. Listen, you're in it to win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. believe me. You've got to put the work in. Anyone it, listening? He never switches off. He
1: never turns off.
2: <laughs> no, sorry, no. It's on. It was, and at this point, I was refreshing once every sort of four minutes. It's there's no joke. So I, oh, I got this deep. this is about one one, two in the morning. I might have even been talking to you, Mass, to be perfectly honest. It is as as was our sort of nightly ritual. Hmm. Just MSN Messenger, right? MSN Messenger just talking absolute nonsense. And I'm refreshing and it and and a lot on eBay says uh transformers uh 61 Skylinks. i remember this so clearly it just said transformers 61 Skylinks, and it was you know you see the thumbnail and there were clearly more than 61 transformers as i found out i guess the person meant g1
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't want to forget (laughs) it but yeah
2: so i click on this and i'm i'm seeing a, a large large lot of like 300 toys i'm like okay let's have a look that's weird that the blaster looks a bit different, seems to have a gold chest. Huh. Okay, I'm going to zoom in there. Yeah, no, that's a sticker on the. Okay, right. Oh, hang on a minute, next picture. Wow, that is a that is a GT Motormaster.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I,
3: can't, I can't even imagine. And
2: oh my goodness, that is the the, tur- the the thrusts and at this point and it was the day before. And I'm not joking. The day before, I had emailed someone at eHobby to see where, if they knew anyone with the original Astro Train, because it it's, you know, been my top three grails forever. And I thought, wait a minute, that that's the backside of the G1 Astro Train hard copy <laughs> from the catalogue. Are you kidding me? Mm. And I look around, and it's this, it's boom, it's you know. Bing, bang, zoom, gangbusters, everything. So uh, immediately, everything in this lot is a a prototype. Absolutely everything. 300. Around around 250, 280, something like that, including like individual accessories and stuff. So I I get in contact with them. I said, I'm interested in the lot. It literally just been listed. I got their phone number. I called them up immediately. (laughs) This is about two in the morning. And I was just, yeah doing the whole were they in the UK or were they no they were in the US they Right, were in right. in the US two women who had who had uh, taken over an estate sale um, right you know one of these uh, I guess it was like a yeah. lock up you know storage wars yeah, type yeah, yeah. thing I, I don't really know um, and I bought it from them and uh, worked out about four dollars a piece oh,
1: no <laughs> right. Mass's face right now Mass's face is a picture <laughs> He's right. going to throw out. Right time, right. he
2: already He's heard the story about a thousand times. And this is still his face. <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard him stay silent for this long.
3: I wish I'd never given you that <laughs> wing.
2: I'm telling you. <laughs> I, don't know I wish I I I'd let it
3: be recycled. I
2: don't. Uh, yeah. I think you put it in the recycling and then <laughs> yeah. felt guilty for the history yeah. of it.
4: The... She
1: called me and said, You
3: sure you want me to throw this <laughs> out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my
1: God. Just on the yeah. phone, like, Yeah, no. <laughs> so can you we clarify go. what we're yeah. saying
0: here then? That the grey Astra Train prototype that is yeah. in the catalogues that we all of lusted them. after yeah. Yeah. as yes. as as kids and you know, still to this day people share pictures of on the internet, you yeah. got for how much? Four dollars. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry, go. Was that work. before
3: or after shipping? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I try I tried to get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a collector. I'm not mad. on. Amazing. <laughs> Talking about oh, making was... money. Goodness. But it's that. It's that right time, right place. And well, if I hadn't have done yeah. that and yeah. this and that and. But you know, everyone says, uh, you know, about it, it's the work that you put into it. It's not just.
0: Well, I was going to say. You know, I'm sure it's easy to hear that story and think oh my God, how lucky, but, but equally there is an element of luck to it because, I large you know, you've got to be online 99%. at the right time. And, and I've said this before, I know, and we've talked about it. I mean, I, certainly, you know, I don't collect prototypes, but I've had that thing where you, as you said, you put the work in and you refresh eBay yeah. daily. And then on the one day that you're like, eh, you know, I'll leave it today. Yeah. The thing yeah. that you wanted crops up and you're like, Honestly, anyone
2: that put the works in deserves that. And yeah. uh, I, it's this. This is a this is this episode is is about sort of prototypes and the discussions therein. But I can't have this. I can't have this conversation without Maz's Giustra, uh Lancia story. Oh, the Wheeljack,
4: yeah, yeah. The they've pillow. had the, pillo- the they've pillow. they had the pillow
1: story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did the no, pillow. Listen. Yeah, yeah. Classic triple takeover pillow talk. That and and
2: how many? Uh, how many have been found so far? Uh,
3: just the one sure sure exactly
2: <laughs> exactly so you want to sit there with that face and you're like yeah no i just i looked I into didn't pay it. four
3: dollars though did it? i did... <laughs> yeah
0: but it wasn't yeah. far off though was it <laughs> mr i don't get to flex for yeah, very yeah often. i
2: don't get to flex but how much ma- it was it was not far off it was like a, was it 100 euros
3: or something it was a fair deal more than that but it fair was it. it was worth it it, it was probably it was. at the time you would think a fair the number of people who would have paid it was significant but there's still a whole load of people who simply wouldn't have gone to that price at the time well, a more full them um... yeah it's funny because the lot that you are describing it's almost more likely that you'll get that for a bargainous price than than for the market value it's it seems it's more nowadays that that stuff uh it's just permeated through the the communities of toys mm. and yeah you've got to know what you're looking at as well i mean like you you might have looked at that lot as as someone who didn't spend their lifetime looking at variants and gone most of those are in pants condition and aren't complete. Pass. That's a lot I'm of I'm telling name. you, it was a
2: very pixelated three, four pictures. The, this wasn't an, a glaringly obvious thing. I sat there for, you know, I zoomed in. I did the whole thing. And if you don't know what you're looking for, there's no way that you would have, you know, picked out the... the. the certainly the starting point was, I remember that blaster and it it, it was a very
3: pixelated picture of his chest sticker did it ever cross your mind that maybe these are all just customized like maybe the owner just painted them all or something like that
2: it, it, no because when when you, you sort of put two and two together and like i said to begin with provenance is a huge part of this and they told me that it was a, a an estate sale you know hmm. a lock-up uh, you know storage wars type uh, thing
0: does it does it sort of stand to reason that or, or seem likely that it would come in lots like that though. I'm sure not everything does, of course, but you know, if one person has one thing from a source that they might have more as well. And that if it's, if it's going to go, it might go as a job lot.
2: Yeah. Most of them have been job lots to begin with. Uh, It's only sort of passed out when it gets to the collector level and that's mm. when the price sort of increases. Yeah. And I do want to say um, I've had a lot of help from people in this community. And you talk about that, uh, the, the beat van damme um <laughs> that happened uh, the person... forever known as
0: that now <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: exactly the the person that had that find uh really really did me a solid
3: It was a diamond it, it it's almost like thank goodness it went to someone who actually then just thought i want these to go to certain people he did not chase the highest top dollar at all he gave some away for free he gave them yeah for free um, so I have to give a huge shout out to him. You know who you are, buddy. You're absolute diamond.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Do, do we say names? But... Well, not in this case, but he does listen. No. Um, so he, 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 he well, things. if he listens, he knows. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, you've uh, you've done us some uh, real solids there. Thanks, B Mac. No. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> <laughs> <I> was Stephen Seagal. <laughs> <for> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, Stephen Seagal. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, listen, I'm, I'm thinking of the possibilities that, you know, stuff will just end up getting thrown away. Maybe it doesn't go to a yard sale. Maybe it doesn't um, get bought as an estate lot by someone who then cashes in on it to some degree. Yeah. And then it ends up in collector's hands. Maybe it just gets destroyed and these things are lost to time. Is that a good argument when people say to you that thing this belongs in a museum and it shouldn't be in a single person's collection this belongs to the whole community and the fandom why should one person own it do do you use that argument that actually no, for the most part i've rescued some of this stuff or how do you uh counter that if someone says this belongs in the museum well i i if
2: someone says that i take it as a compliment as in the pieces are not that they don't think i'm worthy of owning it as a collector
3: well i don't think they they believe any collector is is worthy of owning it it's more like it doesn't belong to so collectors so it transcends collectors right
2: well yeah i don't pay any attention to that because it's it's not who who are they to say that then no i i think it's this is a collector's you know i'm a collector i'm not I'm not doing this for absolutely everybody else that's ri- that's a ridiculous thing to do as a collector I think you do it for yourself you don't you don't collect pieces just because other people like them do you so transversely you you shouldn't feel any sort of uh, obligation to them what you should feel an obligation to is is the piece and the history of it and if you do that justice by sort of sharing it in the proper way without it being copied or scanned or you know all this kind of stuff and 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 maintain the integrity of the piece i i i think collecting even though there is such a wonderful community in the world and and we we help each other or we try to it is in it is an individualistic hobby in many respects like Mm. i can see your your collections in the background do you have you collected that piece for me
3: I have to admit that there are things I have bought because I have been influenced, and oh, there are things it, no, I've that's bought for no. this podcast, to be honest, or things I've bought to take photos of because I knew I'd, I'd be able to do a photo where no one else has, and stuff like that. So, to some degree, sometimes.
2: Yeah, but but that's 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 because you're influenced by it and you're intrigued by it. You don't buy it and then want to give it to. St- no you know what I mean Okay fine You might want to give it To someone as a gift But you don't do it Solely for that You do it for you To begin with If if your interest is Has been piqued By someone else Let's say Someone hears this podcast And goes You know what I'm actually really Interested in movie toys now So I'm going to go And buy movie toys They're buying it For them still They're not buying it For you Of course
3: yeah I mean this is a, This is an argument I've had with people I'm I'm asking you As devil's advocate I'm not asking yeah. you As a person who needs This answered Because I'm I'm not someone who scans the stuff that I have that's rare for public consumption. I'll write about it, I'll photograph it in a way that doesn't allow it to be reproduced, so the information is there, people are aware of it, they learn about it, and they know. But I don't want to create scans of a quality of my rare packaging so that people can create reproductions. Um, Yes, it's quite selfish because you you think to yourself, I've dedicated hours and months and years of my life, I've made sacrifices, to find and own that. And then it cost me a lot. I do wish it to remain special and unique. Uh, And yeah, maybe tomorrow another one will pop up, but that's out of my control. And I'm not going to buy it to still be the only one to own it. So to some degree, I can completely side with not making everything immediately accessible, but I do like to share its existence. I don't think there's anything I have or have ever owned that I've never told anyone about.
2: To answer your question, I don't seek out to do that with any anybody else other than myself as a soul collector in mind. If somebody a- a- asks me that question after the fact, then you can take it one of two ways. You can, you can either agree with them or disagree with them. I, I, me personally, to answer your initial question, I don't give it any thought other than, oh, I absolutely love this piece. I don't feel like it's not like a right. It's not. It's not. It's not that far. It's not anything. It's just I love this piece. Can I afford it? What's the asking price? Is the seller trustworthy? Do I know them? You know what's the provenance? I, I don't give it any any more thought than that, and I, I don't think anyone should because it's not their place to say it any more than it is my place to say.
0: It's not, yeah, it's not a communal hobby in that sense at the end of the day not in that sense we help each other and you know
2: like maz gave me the wing and you know the the coma car you know whatever we Mm. we do each other but that's because we like each other we don't feel obligated to do it we've been friends for over 20 years it's 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 just you know
3: no I mean if it was about obligation and deserved you would have handed me that um ball lion tree you have which isn't such <laughs> <so a condition laughs> yeah, exactly. long time and ago. it's not
2: about that because we're all selfish at <laughs> the end of the day there is a part of us but but you understand that and there's that smile between us obviously there's competitiveness and i've I've been enraged by people but it's only because I want the piece it's not like i des- it's not like I think I deserve the piece it's just I want it it's uh you know, I'm a collector. and yeah. As a collector, you want to collect the pieces that are hard to get, and there is competition there. And it's—I can you know... understand
0: that. Hmm. You should hear some of the things Maz has called me over the years. Just the same thing. <laughs> yeah, just the same thing. Just one word. Yeah, one word, one word repeatedly. repeatedly that yeah. can't be broadcast.
1: it's not told you to choke on it yet. It's been a while since it's I don't know. No, I've been <laughs> told
0: to choke on many things. <laughs> yeah. at, at I was—I was,
1: I was going to say—is it your real name
2: then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's <laughs> yeah.
0: not. Yeah. No, I've been told to choke on many things by Maz over the years I think often in a hope that if I did actually croak it that he might get said item yeah, no sorry. no
3: hang on I, apparently I'm is already is countdown on... no <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been banned
3: <laughs> from owning that you, you really shouldn't be
2: allowed uh, do, do, do the listeners know about
3: that uh, so... those, those who are our patrons know about it okay yeah. the, so that's uh... the Micromaster Bases and Stations you've, uh, you've to pay was, for was that, well that to... yeah <laughs> someone definitely had to
2: pay <laughs> for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep my mouth shut in that okay. case
3: well um one thing I really wanted to ask about and it's something that I kind of know the answer to already but I'd like other people who maybe don't see it the same way as, as as we do to know is why you would collect prototypes because not all of them are super different not all of them have massive quirks that the release did not all of them are famous I know some people collect prototypes because in some cases it's like another variant of a production toy. So it adds to their list of variants. I mean, there's a Diaclone black hoist head out there that a friend of mine owns, and he's put it with a black hoist body. And as a result, he has a black hoist, and it looks amazing in his group of Diaclone cars because it's one color that never got released. But in the case of prototypes where they are very, very similar to production, like the broadside you were talking about, like if it was one engineering pilot before release... And the only thing that makes it different is it's actually not as good as the final version. Something doesn't work on it. Why would someone then potentially pay more and work harder to own that as opposed to production when the differences are very hard to see and you're just in your mind, you know, it's a prototype? What's, what's the significance and why?
2: That's easy to explain if you look at absolutely everything else on the planet in terms of cons- uh, consumer goods, you know. Why are you paying $4,000 for a white T-shirt with a red logo that says Supreme on it in a slightly different way to another? It's because the other person can't have it. It's exclusivity. This is the history of the pieces. So if you love this toy line, if you love this franchise, you are owning a piece that no one else will own. And I have to say that G1 prototypes, like actual G1 prototypes, are so few and far between. There are probably 10 collectors that have one. The second highest number of G1 prototypes in any collection is probably about 35 or 40. Wow. I mean, that's limited, and people want that exclusivity. But that's in general. More specifically, it's the history of it. So the broadside that we were talking about earlier, it doesn't function as well as the production toy, but therein lies its desirability because it doesn't work as well as the production toy. Mm. That is more desirable because no one else is going to have it. And it's a stage of the production that will never be repeated, has never been repeated since then because they'd fixed that. It's so a peek behind the it. curtain. Yeah, it's it's peeking behind the curtain. It's so a work it in really progress, is. isn't exactly it? Exactly it. Yeah. And and again, you can't go back on that. There, there might be other issues that you have with different different factories with reissues. But that won't come up again because that's already been fixed. So to have it from nineteen eighty-six that was never in a shop had only been in the hands of the the small factory run that produced it and when it was sent back to research and development like that's it you know so having that special piece in your collection that maybe only you know i i i know i have um you know the 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 facebook page but i collect for me i don't really like to flaunt things and that's just a personal thing cuz a lot of people do, and that's equally as wonderful. But I collect for me, and, you know, I I like the demure. I like the wolf in sheep's clothing as much as I do like sharing um, some pieces with with everybody. Um, I think that's what it is. It's just that special. It takes me back to that first time I went to a show and I saw it was uh, Offworld that had uh, some G2 protos. And, funny enough, Paul had a, a G1 script. Yeah. Now there, there's loads of other pieces there, some really rare stuff, but there's only one script there. There's only one G2 Grimlock or G2 Slag. And you think, oh, that's the piece that
3: I want to walk home with. Uh, honestly though, I think it's more than that. And I think it's been more than that in your case too. For example, that lot that we were just talking about with the swoop and the beat Van Dam, there was mm. production toys in that lot and they are 100% production. They are indistinguishable from yeah. the one on the shelf. But I know I was drawn to them because the it's history came, of them. Yes, exactly I know
2: from the person.
3: Right. I know that one is the sample that was in the hands of the execs and the designers and they were like, Yep, let's release this. Or yeah. this is the one that we're examining this piece and thinking we could make this for Transformers, we'll just change the deco. So for example, police sideswipe yeah. I have, clamped down. That is a production clampdown, hundred percent. There you go. But I you know you put
2: that on eBay without production clampdown, who else is gonna know?
3: Right, You'd never so you're know.
2: collecting for you.
3: Yes, it's indistinguishable from it's for another me. One.
2: Yeah. I know that this piece. So we go back to an earlier thing: provenance. Yep, it's the provenance. It's it's this is for me. I'm collecting this because I absolutely adore this piece of history.
3: Yeah. So the the uniqueness of it isn't tangible. You know what I no. mean? It's not something you can identify and point to and, magic. and prove in a way. Yeah. It's the magic, it's just yeah. yeah, yeah. Inherent it to is. It. it is. Well, let me ask you guys
2: something before we before we. Go on. What would be the pieces that you would want that necess- not necessarily have been uh, that haven't necessarily been
0: found? Oh, that haven't been found.
3: Well, not necessarily. What? What? What would scourge? 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 Just looking for a good time. Scour- that <laughs> one, the one on the box with the yeah. sideways waist uh, belt buckle right. and and the, with boots. the thick beard. Yeah, it looks like the boxed one. It looks like the artwork that has never looked like the toy. Yeah, but it, because yeah. it looks like the prototype.
2: It's a badass. That's for sure. Never unlikely. been found, right? Yeah, no, no. I actually only know of one scourge that has ever been found, and it's I own it, and it's a a, a pre-production <laughs> sample, and it's not early. So I have never seen an early
3: scourge. That's mad. So, like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Never always, seen an early scourge. There's been loads of cyclonuses. I've had a cyclonus with no paint. You know, and... I mean, there's been four. When you say loads, there's been four. Well, relatively, <laughs> that's like nearly the whole run. <laughs>
4: so many. <laughs>
2: But I don't know. I don't know what what, what. what are you guys? What do you guys think? Maybe something that hasn't necessarily been found. All right. Maybe all right. In any generation, by the way. Oh,
0: any generation! cripes. Any generation. I think you really don't know. I think for me, it would. I mean, it would probably still be something from G1 or maybe G2. Yeah. Just it would be G G1 or two. Just because mm-hmm. I think there is some of this is so, is still so tied to childhood in a way. And although I do collect stuff. From you know Beast Wars, Unicron Trilogy and beyond. Uh not all of it, some people say, but uh, you know, there's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific, you know, window. But uh that that stuff, I enjoy the retail side of it, but I wouldn't be as interested. Like you see pictures of Unicron trilogy prototypes and stuff sometimes. And there is still an interest there, but not enough for me to to kind of, you know, to to broach that if you like as a kind what about of
2: Beast Wars neo Unicron?
0: Yeah. That definitely, yeah, that that is an interest. But still I mean, that's Oh uh, for sure, that's yeah, that's up there. But still mm. not as much as G one Unicron, you know, to, right. to put it comparatively. Right, right, right. So I mean in terms of known stuff, there's no doubt in my mind that Unicron G one is is, yeah. the, is the one. It's the one. It's yes. the one, for sure. RC would
2: be the number, sort of, you know, in terms of unreleased. I would love to get that RC yeah. prototype.
0: Uh, there's no, no information of that, is there? No, Where is or...
2: n- nor how far it got in, yeah. in terms of, obviously, we have that 87 sketch of yeah. and but nothing's tangible.
0: Well, the, there's the one, the one blurry picture of RC, isn't there? The, the yeah. kind of... I don't even really know what it is. It's just a prototype, that's all we really know.
2: Yeah, well that would have been the looks like. So you've right. got a non-transforming female RC robot and the non-transforming um car. But how far that got, did were they ever amalgamated into a works like yeah. that, you know, has the mechanism and how did that transform? We don't we don't know how far it got.
0: Yeah, that fascinates me because I think just imagine if like tomorrow the the works like prototype of rc popped (laughs) up and it was like oh okay so this is actually then how it was going to transform and and i'm mortgaging my house i'm (laughs) telling you right (laughs)
3: who wouldn't want to know what but i mean would you transform it if you got it yeah Oh, my God, yes. i li- yeah. like
0: to hear that. So, i like
2: to
3: hear oh that. Oh, my
1: God. No, don't hear it. Just pray for
3: me. <laughs> what about you, Liam? What, what I don't you, know. I think? Honestly,
1: like, I don't know. I always think of the, the main things, like the Hot Rod, the Asher Train, all the things that we know about. It's all this, hmm. the stuff like we were talking about. Pretty good answers. Yeah, but there are other things that, you know, that really yeah. stood out, that was that became so, like, uh, iconic almost, didn't it? Beyond that, I don't know. It's like the pink Hot Rod is so special, and so is the Asher Train, but then everything behind that, it's all the stuff like the Blue Street, the Blue Blue Street, the Diaclone one. Like oh, yeah, like that is a holy grail of mine anyway. So I'd just love to see a Transformers version of that.
2: Well, there is one out there. That a hundred percent. I own the Prowl really? of that catalog with that with that sticker, the hand cut sticker. So so there would be like a, a
3: Diaclone it, production version for with sure yeah. with the, what's hand-cut. photographed effectively. Yeah, yeah, that's out what's there, photographed yeah, so a a blue, blue Street. With
1: that, an that's Autobot basically just to it, see basically. that yep. just yeah, that official thing just for one moment. Just see, there it was that that toy.
2: And 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 that is a I mean that's that is that is one of the biggest yeah. legendary most legendary pieces of of this entire lore, right?
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: But then also I like, I hope you don't mind me mentioning that you own this. Um you have the red Diaclone tracks prototype. Yeah. So and that comes in three versions, doesn't it? You've got like all you know, three of them. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. Stuff like that would be lovely to have. Like the very first Mirage would be amazing to have you know and and something so like that well. i think would be magical to own
2: this was a, a conversation on a, a facebook group recently someone was uh, saying oh this is not um i can't remember what it was no i'm sorry it was a, a micro change cassette man i think And they were saying that, no, no, this is, uh, someone said, I'd love to have this prototype. And they said, uh, no, no, this is not a prototype. This is just art. Hmm. And it's not. It's actually photo art. There is a real prototype Mm. that has been photographed there that has then been printed. Well, I say developed and printed and painted on. Embellished. Exactly the word. Yeah. Embellished. Because why? They're trying to sell a product if you take it purely from from a, a financial standpoint and a business standpoint and they're proud of this product they they want to touch up all the paint chips because it's a it's a resin that you know paint chips really easily you've got to handle these things with care resin is very heavy but it's, it's well it's a lot heavier than plastic but it's, it's very sort of fragile so you have got to be very careful in the paint chips and so on and so forth so they touch it up to embellish it and make it look as appealing as possible to the clients that uh, and, and customer base that they want to sell it to. So, um, all those things that you may think look like drawings, they were made into prototypes for sure. Every single one. I don't know about every single one. I, I, I some of them look so convincing. You think, well, did you do ninety nine percent of this? Mm. So, yeah, maybe you can't say sort of definitively. I would love a yellow um, over overdrive oh yeah
0: like, oh would wouldn't that be nice yeah very nice that's a good example actually of uh, to kind of put it into context of the the kind of thing that we're talking about that sort of stuff that just that you randomly see pop up in a you know in a in a catalog or something somewhere and it's yeah. like what is that where where did that exist
2: yeah why is that different to mine
0: yeah, yeah. we saw some pictures of the the diaclone Trailbreaker oh, recently yeah. didn't we with the fold-up flaps on the, yep. bonnet. Mm. On the bottom. yeah was, yeah that was like a real WTF, you know. Like, where's...
3: Bloody crazy thing is, I had a photo of that for twenty years and never we'll noticed. We were talking about that on the pod, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, you did.
2: You yeah, and I—you've I forgotten. It. You have forgotten. You have forgotten more than you know because yeah, we more, we have lightly. spoken about that numerous times. That's uh, what the drawback flap thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we've spoken about that. my memory, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, I've
1: never seen this before!" And I thought, <laughs> "Yeah, we've we've discussed this at length." We're getting old man. that's what it is. we're all
4: getting
0: on so just going back to talking about stuff that you you know you mentioned about like things that have not been seen in that, I guess thinking back to my other thing then, unicron being the one that is known, the one that isn't I mean, I'd be fascinated to see if stuff like you know the fourth decepticon target master if there was ever like an actual prototype of that for example that kind of stuff that like nobody knows about yeah right i've only ever seen the one picture of it which which obviously you showcased at tf nation and uh you know i presume i'm okay to mention that because it's obviously no i
2: think i do you know i think that was paul
0: yeah it was it was your your and paul's panel panel, panel, yeah Yeah. we, we had a panel yeah which was no, a I'm, fascinating
2: I'm panel. Did. Yeah, yeah, we had a panel and, and he, had, um, he had that sort of uh, unknown target master. So just for the people that are listening, Maz is holding up the concept board for it. The concept board... You can't prove it. Can't <laughs> prove it. Didn't necessarily have to have been, you know, that could have been debunked at at that stage
3: yeah it's so early everything on those yeah. console after all that um manta ray is on there as well the uh the stingray yeah. headmaster is on there and it wasn't even mm. a headmaster
2: hold that up not that we can prove it one more time
3: i don't know what you're talking about what yeah, talking yeah. About? disappeared
0: uh it may or may not may not be something there i can't see anything that is yeah. definitely not there
2: yeah it's
0: definitely not there
2: who knows the, i i read a thing about a
0: skyscraper transformer Really? Yeah. Oh, I think I have heard that before or somewhere. might
1: have seen it in a movie.
3: Yeah, I mean that's beautiful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Was it big? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: True.
0: The VHS Very tape true. is the one I want. The VHS, the VHS tape, tape is, is just also the wow. one I want, you know. I'm sure people will listen to this will want to maybe kind of get a bit more flavor about about you know, the things that you actually have in your home as it were. Uh, you know, in your is it Detolfs or what? What uh, I know you've got cabinets and things, glass cabinets, isn't it? That they're all kind of set up in.
2: Yeah, I I uh, I found a really good deal from a company that um, no longer offers that really good deal. Back in, I had I had the uh, IKEA, the Detolfs, and some sort of brown lateral shells, which is I think Maz. The last time you were at my
3: house. We went on uh, a boys'
2: boys' lads' holiday.
3: I was just telling these guys I'm still waiting to see the photos from Poxy and Majorca, in 2006 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. It's a holiday I, know, I went yeah. on. And I don't have the photos. I'm, it's I'm on your camera somewhere, right? Oh,
2: no, yeah, no, I know, yeah. I need to, <laughs> Do yeah. need to. You must develop those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Get around to it. <laughs> I am that guy. Yeah, no. So I, I just found like you know this uh, incredible. It's right time, right place. Uh, company that was that was doing sort of wider glass display cabinets for for things um so yeah it's all in there
0: i mean this is maybe sort of a silly question but it just occurred to me because like one thing that's definitely real in my collection is that i organize it all nice and then i think oh (laughs) i've just ordered something else that's got to arrive yeah you must get that as well though right where you you have things set up very much for as it is and I'm yeah. guessing that you, do, you maybe don't get the sort of, I don't know, repeat influx of new stuff all no, the time. No, he's not getting a yeah. box a day. I'll right, exactly. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it must be fairly sporadic at, at least, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's enough to, to warrant un- the unfortunate. Um, I, I sort of, you know, I, I collect prototypes as my sort of main focus, but I, I collect um, anything G1. I have a, a large sealed collection. Um, the majority of which are sort of AFA graded. Um, I have uh, a large, probably the largest Kabaya collection, the watch collection, that's Watch Q, Microchange. I have a, you know, I collect pre Transformers Microchange, Diaclone, um, Japanese G1, uh, Mexican minis, Peruvian minis, Brazilian millis, Juistra you know everything like that i i collect anything and everything g one and unfortunately space is not a, a our friend sometimes and mm. I, I unfortunately was um asked to to do uh i won't mention exactly what it was but an uh, an interview with 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 some great um interviewers and their their channel is fantastic but i just i can't accommodate because there's just no there's just not enough space for even me yeah you know sometimes in 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 that section so
0: so well the other thing then is is yeah beyond sort of space and everything is it would be interesting to hear a couple of bits that you've kind of got going on you know I mean, we so we know about unicron is obviously in your possession pink hot rod mm-hmm. that Grey sort of stuff. yeah gray Astrotrain. train these are all legendary bits as far as g1 collectors are uh, uh, you know go right that we all know about these yeah. specific items what in your mind beyond those three let's say what are s- maybe the sort of one or two or three bits that you're most proud of
2: i absolutely i have i i love all of it but i i do love pretenders and i have a uh i have three three of the known four double pretenders that were unreleased well, nice And I think sort of newer fans, newer collectors that may not know about those, firstly, just Google it, um, because it's a fascinating read. And secondly, they might know them as, is it the the BotCon exclusives? Yeah.
1: Slick and... Oil Master or something like that, wasn't it? Oil Master. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah, no, I think it
2: is oil, Oil Master. Uh, so there are two versions of that. There's one that's all grey and black, and there's one that's sort of uh, red, and they are based off prototypes that I own. And there is another one, which is a a, a monster, an alien, which uh, is is his companion. I'm very proud of those. In the early days, when when they were presented at Botcon '96, it was everyone was like, "My goodness, mm. Ooh, these are incredible! What are these? These exotic pieces?" and they they're sort of the stature I'm, I'm showing on webcam, but they're they're quite stout. They're very wide. They're to accommodate two pretenders inside them, and they're yeah. solid, hand painted resins. I was going to
0: say that these are you kind of one kilogram. These are the kilogram.
2: kilogram. Yeah, you know, jobbies. Um, I just I j- honestly, I, I just every time I see them, I'm I'm in awe. And there's uh, I will I, I will do a rare box about this, but there's a, there's a very specific, really. Really interesting, and I'm smiling as I'm saying this. You are. It's, it's so geek worthy. But the black and grey one is so different to the red one in so many ways. It's not just a different colour; it's a different mould. And there is a letter that comes with it from the creator. Oh, wow! And it tells you what the original backstory was going to be, and it's it blows my mind. What I mean, I I I will say on this podcast this is an exclusive that uh, the first one the gray one was going to be a decepticon and the one after was to be an autobot and it was two different creators two different sculptors that that that, that that did both interesting it's, it's it just fascinates me that kind of provenance and history and here it is on a piece of paper
0: mm. that's oh, wonderful thank I you like. for
2: sharing my pleasure um another would be my first Transformer was wide load of throttle but My favourite uh, car is a, a Lamborghini Countach. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, who
3: really knows? Oh, who <laughs> yeah.
2: knows? I've always said I've always said Countach, but it's no. not because I've I've watched Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> it's Countach. Um, it, it's a, it's a, an unproduced triple changing throttle bot. Wait, what?
3: triple changing?
4: What? Uh, hang no, hang, a hang a on a yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, We talked about this on an episode once. So I remember I asked you permission to mention yeah. it and I just thought, all right, yeah. no, it's a Lambo and a throttle bot, but what's the third boat? It's like a
2: dasher. So the, the hood flips up and it's like a run and gun. No, a,
0: What? Dasher. Get out. That's amazing. Saying.
2: And that is like—is
0: it the same size as the others?
2: It it is. It's it's a little more slender. Obviously, what I love about it as well—one of the many things I love about it—is it it transforms totally differently. And the tires are so thick at the back, like a proper Kuntash. You know what I mean? Like it's not. There's no like sort of thin. It's like a fat (laughs) tire. It looks like a tank from the tire. Um, Yeah, and the and the top, uh, you pull it back, and it springs back to reveal. Uh, like a dasher gun, gun running mode. So it fully works as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's oh. it's a works and looks like it's paint, hand painted. It's it, it's yeah. early, you know. It it, it could be sideswipe or it could be just an early. I say just it could be an early
0: chase. That's so fascinating. So this presumably would have been at the same time or released at the same time as the other throttle bots, or maybe after. I guess you don't know but
2: the thing is we never know because we had two yeah. we had two sort of very different houses here of um of design and and luckily for all of us involved it was japan and it was the us and and this particular
3: piece originated in, in japan mm. I mean, if that particular piece is not a perfect encapsulation of why prototypes are amazing yeah. just the fact that it's a glimpse of Here's what you could have had, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. here's an amazing feature that nothing else has. Here's what you could have won, yeah. yeah here's who's who who is, and it's a different version of something that is very well loved. Yeah, it's just all of those things in one.
2: It's it's in my top. I mean, it really is. It, yeah, it just it it just uh, it blows
0: my mind every single time. Um, it sounds like it's part throttle, bot. Part battle charger and part yeah. omnibot, almost. It's uh, yeah,
2: with with like an with really early vibes because it doesn't conform to the same sort of bulkiness as the throttle bots that we know. But it clearly shares the same design ethics, so you know it, it has those early vibes. But early doesn't necessarily mean not finished, which is I, I actually think it's quite an important point to touch on because you can have an, a really early thing that's finished really well. But then the stage or, or or the piece is changed entirely to then yeah. be earlier again than it may have appeared previously. I have some. Well, okay, let's go through it. So I'm I'm also really really proud of having. Um, I don't profess to know everything about this, by the way, because th- <laughs> there are there are really some mysteries, and I've spoken to what well, again. I won't I won't say his name, but the. the A a former head of of the Transformers franchise. And he told... I I explained what it was that I had. And it confuses me. And I can get into detail if you want. So it it is a hard copy, but likely wax, uh, Computron. G1 Computron.
0: Liam's ears just Um, ricked up there. Is he going to say
3: like Huffer or Gears?
1: No, (laughs) Computron. The <laughs> greatest combiner of them all.
2: Is he your favourite as well?
1: Yeah, mate. <laughs> cool sci-fi vehicles. He's oh a my god! For a, knee. a drill for a knee.
2: Afterburner, and they're all different as well. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Thank you. Liam's yes. my favourite. We're having our own podcast. Just bump <laughs> through the screen. Yeah. Incredible. What an incredible combiner. And these are these have the nets of the head. So so the, the, the sort of cubes, but don't have any faces. So then someone would uh, use a pantograph. They would enlarge. They would do a two or a four. Computron says no. Computron <laughs> says no because he can't. <laughs> no. um, and uh, they would have done the face sculpt separately. So when you see these, these um, uh, events where you see just, just the kind of head sculpts from Takara and they're larger, because it was harder to work on, uh, that small of a detail, so it had to be enlarged originally, then then sort of reduced via a pantograph. I would say that's 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 up there, and also the same for Abominus.
0: Amazing.
3: So, what well, to to clarify? Sorry, these are the combiners. It's a prototype Computron and Abominus combiner, which have far less detailed elements, and they're wax prototypes only on the individuals on the on the limbs, faces. Um,
2: so they're very very early, and they. They are wax, but because they, the, the material is different to resin. This is this is where like you can only do so much research without going to other toy lines and figuring out what they did at the same time. But that's difficult to know because it's a totally different mechanism and so on and so forth. Um, but this person that used to work there, used to head up the whole thing, um, said to me, because I said resin, because they've got bubbles, the air bubbles. Mm. But Scattershot has got a massive, on his torso, has got a massive piece of clay, modelling clay, sort of in the side of him. And he said, no, those are the sculpts. And I thought, well, they're not, because it's been cast and moulded. And then I went on this this huge rabbit hole of uh, additive and subtractive or passive sculpting. So there is a resin net... And then things are added onto it, wax or clay, and then the the by using a waxer, it's reduced. So that's the passive or reductive or however you say it um, method of of creating these these pieces. So it's actually a mixture of all of the skills that the individual at that particular time preferred to use. So there really aren't too many set structures so it can depend upon the piece and the sculptor and so that that one is a bit of a um a mystery to me because it seems to exhibit all of the you know the hard copy and the sculpting and a, a mm. bit of everything all in one so that's a, that's another uh a really really cool piece i'm proud of
1: that sounds I'm amazing
3: of of i'd love to see that i've never seen that one yeah. in your collection punch counter punch oh is, yeah, yeah it's
2: yeah. a big one for me he's one of my favorite all time yours and is maybe, the one with the wheels on the knees right he has the wheels on the knees, so there's a, a, another dasher mode where he sort of half transforms and can scoot along, and he has rubber tires.
4: Oh, how about that?
2: <laughs> and an engine when you, like a, a really detailed molded engine when you flip it out. Um, Skylinks is another one. I have uh, a, a painted Skylinks, full Skylinks hard copy.
0: So would that have been the sort of original toy box sort of d- design? There? Yeah, or, it right? is,
2: yeah. And, and you can sort of see the paint underneath because it's been repainted. Um, and it's difficult to know if it was sort of a, a primer for that paint, but it strongly
0: appears to have been black and silver wow oh. we were the, talking about the Decepticon
3: Skylinks yeah. oh, wow. we, we
0: were we go. were musing about the idea of a, a Skylinks recolor this is something that regularly comes up in conversation with us right uh is is you know toys and why they never got a repaint and what would that repaint look like and I'm I'm often fascinated about the idea of just just certain things that you know could have yeah. been recolored into something else. And the idea of like a Nemesis Skylinks almost. You know, right. Like a, and,
2: a, and that's what it would be. And that sort of yeah. fuel, fuels the fans' imagination. And and while I don't know for a fact, because there's been no documentation, if it's not written down, it didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. It seems to have been the main body was black and the sort of uh, uh, the, the red tail extensions and the limbs um, seem to have been sort of
3: silver. Mad. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's mad, isn't it? yeah lovely so you're gonna to have to strip the paint off that one
0: <laughs> yeah exactly right. yeah yeah that's for the community that one that's it's yeah, it. doing I'll, it for everyone else for the people and then put it in a museum oh TikTok tock
2: it TikTok it <laughs> TikTok it yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm cool <laughs> fantastic I'm i know the lingo
1: with these like you're talking about the computer having the clay and then this mm. one doing the paint how do you look after them like because obviously these materials will, like fade over time and crumble and chip like it must be really hard to keep maintain them. Yeah, I, it's you know I
2: I don't handle them too much. I don't transfer. I I have transformed them, and it was it was nail biting, um, harrowing. <laughs> it was harrowing at best. Yeah. But I'm 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 curious. You know, I I think it's it's for the for the pursuit of knowledge, but not at the expense of the piece. I mean, they are displayed in in uh, glass cabinets, and I do hope to kind of to do some sort of display on, on uh, my Facebook, uh, you know, uh, Rarebots page. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, they they sort of seem to hold their form because they were built with a, a really strong purpose of being displayed in mind because they are to be showcased. Mm. And you think, well, this was, you know, this was 38, 35 years ago and it just shows the workmanship, the craftsmanship yeah. that these yeah. people, <laughs> I mean, they really are something else don't be silly don't you know play with them and like the like the commercials in with the predaking which is a which is a whole nother conversation
0: well i've seen some pictures of of various you know prototypes of predaking or what have you in there i think was it in the pre toy fair catalog the pre toy fair 86 yeah Yeah. there's there's one in there isn't there that looks quite different
2: yeah and and it's a really interesting there's a few prototypes that i have seen Again, I can't explain everything. It's, you, you just sort of go through it by learning. But there's a few prototypes which really stick out and go make make you think. Well, oh, I've never seen that before or since.
4: Mm.
2: Prediking the early hard copies were is is a prime example of that because they the method in which they were created seems to lend itself to the subjective nature of the people who cr- create them or, or were sort of leading that charge. At that time in R and D, cast to color is a phrase that has been in the last three years used from a former employee to describe the resin that isn't clear, that isn't white, that hasn't been painted. It's been actually cast in the colors that they were intended to be released, and that seems to be with G two. I've never seen it with G one apart from prediking.
0: Oh, just that one off. Just that one off.
2: They're not painted. Yeah. actually, the resin is the colour of the intended release. So the black is actually black resin. The orange, the yellow, it's it's just bare resin that is the colour it, it was uh, intended for release. And I've never seen it with anything else. And it's a mystery to me as to why they decided to do that process with
3: that particular toy. Anything it's to do with re- the fact that Predaking had a different designer to most of the, most of the other toys at the time?
2: Yeah, it, I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of. I don't know. That's the only thing that I can think of because it just doesn't... There is also a quick mix that I have, which is a first shot. It's plastic, and it's all grey. It's very, 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 very rare for a G1 piece to not be even in close proximity to the intended release because they don't want to waste money. It's not It's not about trying different things out. It's not about what, uh, what the factory was using at the time. So it had to have had to have a purpose but i don't know what that purpose is
0: so whether they would have actually put the toy out in gray in some sense or
2: yeah i guess so but then you think well that would have been a... or maybe the base color was gray and they yeah. were just going to add a you know a few if you think about the drum he was originally uh uh the drum was white wasn't it yeah so maybe the drum was sort of the gray was the mo- the more predominant plastic Mm. and they just didn't do the paint apps but th- there's a reason for it but um I've never seen I've I've only ever seen it with with that
3: uh the huffer which I Oh yeah the was, huffer I was going to ask you about that's actually not resin is it that huffer
2: No the huffer is not resin but we as as you kind of talk with other collectors on forums and it, each different person has a theory which I love about this by the way because th- there is no finite thing when it comes to speculation with pre-production. You you can do that with production because numbers make sense on parts and so on and so forth. As difficult as it is, it's almost impossible to do with pre-production because you have to be in inside the head of the designer at the time and the mm. you know, all this kind of stuff. But someone said that it, it, it's possible that it was the Mysterian. Oh yeah. Of course. Which makes sense because the arms are chromed, it's all grey, the Mysterium
3: was all grey.
2: Why why not?
3: So that's the unreleased line of yeah. g1 mini bots that was in a book recently called mysterians yeah, yeah it yeah. all came
0: to light then this is sort of pre-micro change almost isn't it yeah so micro change takara got
2: the uh the designs from the mysterians lot which mm. um if i'm not mistaken was it was it a british was it a british line I or not i think
0: so from memory i would need to it's been a while since i've uh, yeah, watched uh, old Chris McFeely's vid. He did a a very useful vid about it. Right, uh, it's been a while since I've watched that. For example. yeah, I, I need
2: to have a refresher on that. But mm. but it, I mean, those things are, are fascinating because you don't. It's only when someone just suggests something, or uh, unless they bring evidence to light, you are like, oh, damn, I didn't even didn't even consider that yeah. as a possibility.
0: Res, what what would be sort of maybe turning the question back on you then what would be the things that you well a something that you know about that someone else has or you know you know it's out there somewhere the the sort of one thing if you like and maybe something that you don't know if it's out there or not but you would like something
2: that i don't know is out there as in in terms of collector's hands or don't know exists
0: Maybe don't know exists even, you know, something that whether yeah. it's from a catalogue or or something that you just have no clue if such a thing was ever made.
2: In terms of knowing that it exists, but don't know where it would be, it would have to be RC for me. Yeah,
0: I mean, without a doubt, RC
2: was uh, a, a huge, huge character in in this lore, and I'm a I'm a big movie and rebirth fan. So RC, would they have done a headmaster version though? I know they were planning to, but if they would have released R.C. in 86, which they should have done if they were going to release it in 87, what would they have done to the Headmaster version? Is that what Dome would have been an addition to as opposed yeah. to an instead of? Right. Well, that's
3: what we talked about at the time when we did that episode was it would be very rare for them to do a repaint of an existing yeah. mould. That yeah. was a,
0: a very rare thing at the time.
2: Really, really, really rare. Unheard of, actually, at that point.
0: Uh, this is something that honestly fascinates me about that era of G1 is once you move past Diaclone and, of course, you know, and, and all microchanges yeah. and everything. When you get into the new moulds, you know, from particularly from 87 onwards, there are no repaints. Where are all the repaints? You know, there's stuff like Great Shot which is a retool, fine. And Mm -hmm. there's a couple of, like, a a bare handful of examples. uh, But really, there are none. Absolutely none. Most new molds are one and done. So the idea that, you know, particularly something from the 87 line, that they were going to release another version of the Chrome Dome mold, to me, it just seems so out of step with everything else.
2: No, and and everything that I can think of is is Japan exclusive. It's Artfire, it's Stepper, it's Twin Cast Sound yeah. Blaster, it's a Great Shot, and that's a re that's uh, along with Sound Blaster is a retool, which is not a cheap thing to do.
0: No, but that's the thing, and, and it's you're a right. Recolour, normally, it? yeah, the, and normally the recolors, uh, as you say, they're they're an instead of, aren't they, as opposed yeah. to and as well as. So, like, you know, Ranger or whatever. But um,
2: I mean, they were no, they, they weren't short of money. I, I spoke to the uh, the former head, the former VP, during the time, and up until the movie, they they had grossed three hundred and sixty million. My this God. is nineteen eighty six. Yeah, yeah. They didn't need to make money on the recolors, and three hundred and sixty million. Yeah,
0: it's it's quite a world away from now, isn't it? Where I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that they don't do well now, but you you can see that these repaints and things are, are built in to yeah. to those designs. You know, it's just a very different, yeah,
2: and different and what process. what would you have said? Maybe not at the time, but after the fact, you know, to a, a blue misfire that's, oh, don't. that has a different we bio.
0: We it hasn't gone live at the time of recording this, but you know, our previous episode, so you you won't have heard this, but in our previous right. episode, we were saying how what a shame it was that there's no Japanese recolors of Slapdash and Getaway, you know, and that having recolors of toys like that, yeah, you know, we were talking about like a, like a red like a red and white Slapdash, for example, you know, kind of Formula well, One. Colors. You say that, but there is a prototype of that. Well, there is, which I discovered after the recording. Only. Oh,
3: yeah, oh. it was shown at that exhibition a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Or two, yeah. or three, four years ago where they had um, the interesting Galvatron as well. Yeah, a whole bunch yes. of stuff.
2: I'm, I'm unaware of that if I'm honest, but, um, on, I mean, I don't know if we're saying names here, but the, there's a prominent collector who's, <clears throat> who has some pieces that I would very much like, uh, has had a website since the late nineties. And one of those photos or one of those uh, pictures on his site is a picture of a photograph from a former employee of getaway joyride and slapdash in the same colours and they're all getaway colours wow, wow. <laughs> all of them are white grey puce and you know whatever
0: I bet that looks lovely
2: yeah I'll send you the link after the fact but it's uh, they that did exist and whether that was intentional or just because you know we don't know which one's going to be in this colour but we love yeah. this palette yeah yeah maybe so very very 80 uh, very late 80s wasn't it 88 that's yeah.
0: purple fascinating <laughs>
3: Well, that just about covers uh, what we were going to willingly fit into this episode on prototypes and pre-production. So thank you, Raz, so much for coming on. But don't go yet. We uh, we need you for, for something. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, we would love to have you on again and talk about more specific prototype things. You know, the word Unicron has been mentioned today. So mm-hmm. that would be a lovely thing to, to do in the future if you're up for it. And I know everyone would love to hear more about that. And if you do love to hear more Triple Takeover, then please do check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Triple Takeover. There's 40 plus mini We've got three concurrent mini-series running now. IDW, Unicron Trilogy, Tapman, loads of stuff. <laughs> and there will be even more than that. And uh, just off air, Raz has sort of mentioned that he's into the same tat as Liam. So you know, there's lots yeah. of fun opportunities. There. Yeah, stuff. so we're
0: gonna have a, a new podcast uh, coming yeah. soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man and Robin.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, there's been a murder.
3: <laughs> I can't say anything. I've
1: got nothing. Um. Oh. <laughs> there's
3: been a murder. <laughs>
1: it has been a month thanks for listening guys good night
0: <laughs> that's it liam's out now <laughs> but yes
3: if you want more of that and there is plenty more of that please check us out on patreon you can also join our discord server if you uh sign up at inner beast and higher and then you get access to a fantastic community of fans a, a total oasis in the fandom and that, that is not an exaggeration but yeah patreon.com forward slash triple takeover so much more i should also mention that we have patreon perks that we usually run through in the episode and one of those perks is asking a question and since we have raz we can include him on this as well and i think this is an ideal question and it's from someone that you know raz it's from tim Uh, banerjee hey tim and uh, his question is never in my wildest dream did i ever think i'd own so he says what (laughs) for you stands out as being the one tf you never thought you'd ever add to your collection it could be but doesn't have to be the rarest or most expensive it could be something you refused to buy or really hated until well years later you can you were convinced otherwise so basically what do you own that you never
0: thought you would well, I, I bet Tim, when he put this question down, didn't imagine that this was going to be going to, to the man himself, Raz. So, <laughs> well, that
3: bugger Tim has had a thing in his collection that most of us have wanted yeah. for decades and not Mexican been smoke Mexican smokescreen. Right. You know, so, he can't say was, a word. That
2: was, it's so funny. I, I, uh, hey, Tim, um, <laughs> I found pictures the other day on my hard drive of, of, of Tim? His smokescreen. Of, of Tim, in his shorts. <laughs> yeah, his Mexican smokescreen was pictured on a table in Transforce
3: 2001, Two. or what,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. 2002, whatever it was. So, um
3: yeah, you can't really talk, Tim. All right. But what about you lot? Look, What did you never think you'd own?
1: Uh, for me, it's always the obvious one. It was G1 Swoop, because as a kid, obviously, didn't come out here, never had it, wasn't even convinced it existed for so long. And... It was just something I just resigned myself to never having because I never really thought about it through my teens so much. And then finally, Mm. again, it was just amazing. It's incredible. And I still can't believe that I own it.
2: Oh, man. Swoop is such a good G1 toy.
0: Yeah, agreed. Like the
1: first time I got to see it in real life, I just still couldn't believe it was right in front of me.
2: I had the same experience with Swoop and Shockwave (sighs) and Amiga Supreme. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like it, it, it,
2: those three, you just
0: think, wow. I, I was just going to say Shockwave, would, yeah, yeah. Is, is a fantastic choice for that.
1: And Omega Supreme as well. These guys got me that for my birthday. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So this year, so or last year, so it's fantastic, man, just opening that for the first time. That's why I've seen a picture of seven times. It Just In person, yeah. it's so different. You're like, whoa. Everything does something on that piece.
4: Yeah.
0: It's funny, actually, because I, I suppose I was tempted for my answer to say something like Black Zarek, you know, G1 Black Zarek or Metro Titan. Which I mean, is, You may not have thought you would get it, but yeah. we not <laughs> But no, but only because it's sort of such, you know, top-tier Japanese G1, it's so legendary, all of that, that there's, there is an element of, like, something like the Metro Titan, when it arrived, and I was looking at it, I was like, I just can't believe this is in my house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like a real... You, you see it in pictures so often that actually when it's there in front of you, it's kind of like, how has hmm. this happened? But in a funny way, actually, something like Shockwave is is almost has that feeling even more just because the it's got childhood bit baked in as well whereas the like black zarek i wouldn't have been aware of until i was an an adult
2: that's an adult thing yeah Yeah. Hmm. shockwave was a big thing for me as was
0: swoop and exactly you know so i think there is still i you know i look at metrotite and black zarek and all those things Every day, Star Saber as well, and to some extent, you know, I look at them every day and Flexo, think, Wow, no, no, no but I'm, I'm making Flexo, a point and saying,
3: <laughs> I look at him every day,
0: <laughs> Maz. I think he's only
1: doing this because you and Raz have both talked about all these exciting prototype things you've had, so he's had to get in there. Did you know I've got a Black Zarek no, and a Metro? I've never owned <laughs> any unproduced G1 G2, have I, Maz, or anything like that? Flexos so, yeah.
0: in the house, you know. Old uh, Maz Braggs over there. <laughs> I don't own them anymore. Ultra Maz <laughs> Flex one. I, I think. I think my point was going to be actually <laughs> that something like Shockwave is a great mm. answer for that, purely because really it does answer. have the the nostalgia baked into it. Yeah,
2: but it does. And the first mm. time you, well, for me, because you know we, we didn't have them in in the UK, it was just like, oh wow, this is a
0: yeah,
1: this is serious. That group of toys, that '85 group of toys that mm. weren't released here, they're so
0: special to all of us. I think. Yeah. Maz, you were going to say Razor Beast, I presume? <laughs> <laughs> all, uh, He's taking his all, funny pills tonight. Port wings. <laughs>
3: no. To be fair, I never thought I'd own it. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, that's a very good shout. I never thought I'd own that. Perfect answer. Uh, I think it has to be old uh, Blue Blue Streak over there. I really never thought okay. I'd own one of those. But also, Shockwave and Ramjet. <laughs> you know, like, there was a time back in 1998 when I was getting back into Transformers where. You know, where were you gonna find Transformers? Like where were you gonna find Transformers? And then I learnt about collectors' shops like Craig in South London in, in Croydon and an Offworld and going to Offworld and seeing a Fort Max, a Shockwave, a Predaking, and a swoop all for sale it's just like fantasy land. Fort Max is a great shout. That was one of those things. But yeah, I think originally it would have been Ramjet. I never would have thought I'd finally get a G1 Ramjet. And that's the first thing I bought on the internet off digital toys. Shockwave was the second thing I bought off the internet. That was off eBay with a money order <laughs> from BidPay. <laughs>
1: BidPays, yeah. yeah. I think Shockwave is, seems to be across the board. Yeah, it's it's that kind yeah. of toy. Well, it's, it's such a different time as well. Like, you think back to then, you didn't see these toys. And stuff. You didn't have eBay and stuff like that. So you were like, you never thought I would get those toys. Whereas yeah. now, it's just all accessible. You can yeah. just Stuff might be expensive, but you can still get it. Yeah, I wrote a, time when a letter was to Hasbro gone.
3: asking for Omega Supreme, and they were like, we did not really? Well,
1: you like it. say about letters to Hasbro, one of
3: our members has a mum who oh got gosh. pretty angry about a Weetabix thing <laughs> and wrote to Hasbro, or Weetabix, and got the entire range of Goldbox Classics sent to his house.
1: It was a great, great day, one of the best days of my life. One of the first parcels I ever got was this ginormous parcel of Goldbox Classics stuff. I need to complain more often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> She still doesn't know what she said or why. She just remembers she was very annoyed. <laughs>
0: I don't yeah. remember why.
1: The rage. Wow. Yeah. Do you
0: think she, you she, think she could still way. complain to Hasbro now? Like she could write off to them <laughs> yeah. now and just I get mean, you. they've absolutely got Gold uh, Goldbox classics. Still. I was just thinking they could get him a load of Legacy toys or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just get your mum to write off. <laughs> Maybe just find all those Beast Machines
1: toys that they could never sell just on the back of the sofa. Yeah. I mean, both of those.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well someone's picked up the vibe of the show and has read the room, okay, but raz what's your answer then? Uh,
2: I mean you know unicron it's yeah. it's been my yeah. holy Grail for since I saw it since I knew that a toy a physical specimen existed uh gray astra train um is another
0: do you know what I find kind of funny now is that I remember when I was at school having at least one friend on the playground who insisted that they had a G1 Unicron. You know, they had the Unicron toy, not G1 oh, at the time. Where are those kids, right? <laughs> we, we know some. Oh of yeah,
2: them. Do, you know, do you know Marcus? He's got. He, he had a Unicron, but he <laughs> yeah, lost right. it when he when he went on holiday to Forte Ventura. Yeah. Exactly,
0: <laughs> it's all of that. And it was always the fact that you know you went around to this kid's house, and then it was like, where is it then? I oh, should no, have loft put it away, you know, yeah. all of that. Yeah, jetfire, yeah, yeah. was always jetfire. Well, it's
2: in the caravan. Well, it's listen, it's not. It's very convenient. I, I had the same thing with the sideswipe. I thought, can I just see it? No, it's, it's in the caravan, is it? <laughs> is it
0: I, really? I suppose in many ways. I may not have a unicron, but I'm just happy to have got to a point Yet. in my life where I have a friend that has a <laughs> unicron, finally. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's real.
2: It's, it's, it blows my mind, honestly, you know. Uh, I, I, yeah. It's uh, That's it's a, a pretty good answer to that it's question. It's an emotional yeah. it's an emotional answer as yeah. well. Like it's a it was a it's a long journey to find and all the rest. And I'm very I'm very proud of that. Very, well, very take that, Tim. That, that that's for you and your smokescreen. Yeah, Tim. Yes. You and your IGA smoke screen. I will give some other answers though, because I, I, I have to say Amiga Supreme was a huge deal to me. You know, when I when mm. I first saw him, I'd sort of idolized over the Aiken and Garvey, you know, the 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 Universe book.
0: That's oh, yeah, yeah yeah, book. yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: I thought, oh, my God, you know, I haven't even seen this yet mm. in a catalogue. And then I got that broadside that I mentioned. Uh, Ratbat was one because he was so wide. Daru and Zoru. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gold browning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was something I just lusted after.
3: Uh, let's just be clear. This is the campaign prize gold chromed yes, browning, not this just the, the regular rose gold door. one.
2: Yeah, this is the this is the all gold chromed um, prize. The white, the six white headmaster warriors. Yeah,
0: Was oh, there you yeah. bought them. Mm. Yeah, I've heard I've heard about these before. Is in that you had them, uh,
2: Raiden Junior.
0: Wow! I, mean, I
3: remember when you were looking for
2: that. I mean, I I saw posts probably about a year ago. It just sort of bizarrely came onto Yahoo groups.
3: I don't think Tim deserves more of an answer here. I think Tim, Tim has got what he deserves. Tim
2: is Tim is going to take it and he's going to... <laughs> like it, yeah. Stop we, it. He's dead. He's I'm going dead. to bore him to death dead. with my voice.
3: Well, speaking of voice, uh, we have another patron perk, which is a shout out for all of our O's Butlers and Goldbox Classics. So in my own voice this time... A massive thank you to uh, Nick, Danny, Robert, Andy, Preston, Chris, Spiderfather, Adam Schumacher, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Matt Saturday, Justin Masara, Dave Dalrymple, GeoCars, the use of a John Pearl choice of Anthony Cars, Alec Mage Captain Araya, Field, G, Jacques Pletier, Tom Stuart Webb, Amar, Lays the Puma the Hunter, Major Mike Mike. Peter Hammerson, Shenry, Chris Norris, Jesse Moreno, Nexus, Jim Owen, Aris Billy Gator, Andy Gold, Cold Squall, Timon Elvin, Joshua's Misha, Kid Cracktastic Plastic, Damnestator, Jeffrey Freak, Nice Sideburns, Andy, Inbound Me, John Wood, Kyler Wilmot, Tim Banerjee, there he is again, Ben Lewis, Shinsei, Lucasenko, Mollus Koenig, Malcolm Hobbs, CNC, Rick56, not CNC, Music Factory, Mythic Gears, Zach Lawson, Jason Murray, David Shepard, Steam, Quick Mix, Josh Bell, Ashpolt, Zindios, Christian Hyatt, Mark Ali, Andrew Bentley, Graham Moffat, Connor Ebert Perotta, Eric White, Bobby P., Mike Locona, Near Bat, Tyler Husky, Chris Wadwell, Steve Redmond, Warp, Shawnee Sean, Jim Kinsey, Shawnee <laughs> Siegel, you know Shawnee, don't you James Pascoe, Ghost Prime. Did you know it was Shawnee? That's how you say his name, Shawnee Siegel. No. Yeah, he told me it's Shawnee. And he says no one's ever pronounced it right in his life. So thank you, Shawnee, for reaching out and giving me the correct uh, pronunciation. Jickle, MK Tronic, Hodert Walter, you know Hodert as well. Charlie Chappelle, yeah. Maddie Clark, Jonathan False Howard, Alexis Taylor, Windows 6K, Teku James, Tyler Dickinson, Jeremy Woodall, Ross, Jetfire James, Dog Lunch UK, a Saucy Fellow. This is my favourite part, Danny. Absurd, Keith, Freedom is the Right, Anthony Strom, Michael Kegel, Dugatron, Big Doug, Hugh McKinney, Thomas Anderson, Squid Catfish, Rob Packerbush, Stevie P., Ali Nunes, Canon, and a big thank you to our new uh, butlers and GBCs Robert R., Duckstar, that's our mate Nick, Heinrad 80, Fuzigi, Toy Pocket, John R., and the Mapes brothers, who we all recognize. What a list.
2: What wow. a list. Toy Pocket. That's a for Toy
3: Pocket it? is a great name.
1: Yeah. Was that your impression of Blur, Maz? <laughs> yeah. It was good. I
0: did say it was most weeks I, I tried I was to was about. Be blur.
2: To, I was about to say, that's a long name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Frikey. Yeah. Just one patron every time. That's yeah, it.
3: Yeah, just, just one guy. No, it's your name's not on that list, Raz. Right? <laughs> yeah i
4: <I'm> all yours
3: <laughs> i've paid in other
1: ways <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh, we also have a sponsor for the evening so a big thank you and shout out to tfsource.com to check them out for all your transformers and third party needs
1: if you want some non-rare stuff you can head over to our rubble store at rebel.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore explore Go and buy some T-shirts. I'd also
2: like to thank um, the new subscribers to mine and Liam's new podcast, <laughs> Twatman and Robin. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening. Oh, it's um... Twatman now, I noticed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Twatman.
1: <laughs> can, can, can I be Robin in this <laughs> <laughs> that, that was assumed. Um, to all of us to all of
2: our subscribers honestly we thank both of you it <laughs> yeah. is a real pleasure.
0: <laughs> I don't know how we end now? Are going to be stuck on twat man and Ruppies. No
1: no 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, dear. oh so uh, yeah if you've enjoyed this episode and you a lot of things you want to talk about if you need to contact us and talk about uh anything you've <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Oh, well. If there's anything you would like to talk to us about, you can find us on social media at triple underscore takeover on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> and at triple takeover all one
0: word on Facebook. to where can they find you guys? Seamless. Yeah. I
3: am at TF square one on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: I'm at 6OTF on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and Patreon. Raz, how about you? Nothing. <laughs> no
2: Don't bother looking. Rarebots, yeah. Where's oh, your yeah, rare bots? apart from that? Yeah, rarebots, something, something, something.
0: On Raz's behalf, check out Rarebots on Facebook. It's incredible; well worth a look. Yeah. And funnily enough, I noticed I've forgotten, but your most recent post was about uh, Generation Two Road Rocket, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was actually something was. that we were yeah. talking about in yeah. our previous episode quite a oh, lot. Nice hmm. it's, quite a lot.
2: Uh, it's an
0: interesting,
2: interesting change from like the block kind of yeah looks like to, the looks like you know um yeah beautiful piece
0: big thank you by the way Raz. I thank know you we it already to thank no so no absolute huge, pleasure to have you on mate huge absolute thank you pleasure. for coming on it's a,
2: it's a pleasure to be on and uh, i didn't realize that again i was the first person to be a guest on here so it really does mean a lot to me and uh, uh, even though i'm not a subscriber fine <laughs> but i'm a fan as long as I'm you've re- liked and rated <laughs> <All> no <that's laughs> no shared, no followed get <laughs> no. on apple leave a review yeah um twatman and robin at yeah. uh no really thank you so much for having me on i'm a i am I you know i'm a fan of yours and uh you guys are absolutely killing it so um i'm humbled okay. to to be a part of this fantastic podcast so thank you so like, much like subscribe and be a patreon for these guys because they deserve it thank you very much mate thank you
1: i'm uh at Toy box anyway <laughs> than that and uh yeah like Red said look out for our upcoming podcast on trading cards Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. well that'll about do us for the evening thanks again to Raz for joining us and see you next time see you next time
2: Golden Balls.